everyone, this is Ted Marr from uh, Out of This World Radio, and I want to welcome everyone to the show today. With today's show, we should have somewhere close to 2.3 billion listeners around the planet in more than 100 countries. And off planet, we have many millions of listeners as well, and I want to help. I want to thank everyone so much for listening today. The purpose of this show is to make the world a much better and happier place, and I know if we all work together, we will create a much better and happier world. The... Um, Today's guests are really incredible. Um, during this first hour, I'll be bringing on a natural healer who, who brings who heals people with nutrition. She's an amazing lady, um, and I know you really enjoy uh, talking to her. If you have questions for her, please email them to me to outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com, and I'm sure she'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. During the second hour, I'm having a, um, a well-known radio talk show host named Wayne Allen Root, um, and he'll be coming on at 11 a.m. Pacific time. He'll be on for an hour. And if you have any questions for Wayne, please send them to me to outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com. And during, during the last hour, it's, uh, I've got some very interesting people coming on. During the first half hour from 12 to 12.30 p.m. Pacific time, I have a fellow I interviewed several years ago named Matthias Di Stefano, and Matthias is a um, he's he's a he's a young man in his early 30s who has vivid, detailed um, recollections of living in Atlantis 15,000 years ago. And one of the things he talked about was the um, um, was the the fact that they use water-based computers. Um, they use water. Uh, our typical water on this planet is H2 H2O. Um, but for, for the Atlanteans, they use something like H3O08, H3O12, H3O14, H3O28, where they had successive, um, successive sheets of oxygen layers as memory storage uh, that stored um, fantastic amounts of memory far at far greater, um, at far greater uh, volumes than anything currently we have here on, on this planet. Uh, the Talosians underneath Mount Shasta have amino-based uh, computers, I'm told. So they've moved, they have they have moved beyond the um, beyond the uh, uh, the water-based computers. But we will eventually become have water-based computers. And what Matthias said in this um, this interview with them, actually, it's, it's a couple of years old, but it's still very appropriate now, is that when Atlantis imploded into the Atlantic Ocean, the books, the computers that they had. Their memories um, contained on these uh, water molecules all went into the Atlantic Ocean. And one day, people will be able to take a glass of water from the Atlantic or a glass of water from the Mediterranean Sea and distill that and get the information that the Atlanteans had about their civilization. And won't that be something else? Um, the Atlanteans, before they uh, destroyed themselves 12,500 years ago, took records of all their civilization and humanity's um, civilization, the history of humanity on this planet, going back millions and millions and millions of years, and they put them in three locations, according to Ed Casey. The first location was at the right side of the Sphinx in Egypt. The second location was in, in Bimini off the east coast of the United States. And the third location was a place in Yucatan where um, they, they put the, um, uh, the records there. Now, the records, if, you, if you're a third-dimensional person and you go up to the, to, the, uh, to the Sphinx in Egypt, you won't see any entrances, you won't see any records there because you're in the third dimension. They said that, Edgar Casey said that they, you have to be in the fifth dimension or higher in order to access these records because they can only be accessed 
when, from a higher dimensional level. And the, way, the reason why the Atlanteans did that is because they wanted to make sure that humanity had advanced to a sufficient point where they could use this information in a good way to help humanity rather than destroy humanity. Um, I've talked quite a bit with my Pleiadian friends and with Adama and the people of Telos about the history of, of, um, of this planet. And my fourth book I'm currently writing now is a history of are, are what lessons we can learn from both the Telosians and from the Pleiadians on how we might structure society in the future as we are now shifting into the fifth dimension. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, my friends, but they do have a lot of really good suggestions on how we might make this society a better place. One of them is that we will not need the heavy um, police, fire, police um, and military type forces around the planet now to control people's behavior and for fighting because we will be living in a planet of peace, harmony, and total cooperation. It's going to be based upon love and uh, service to others. It's a very different kind of world um, it's going to be. It's going to be a, a virtual paradise, and it's something that I know I've talked to President Kennedy quite a bit about. He tried to do it um, back in the early 60s. Of course, he was stopped and, and murdered back then, unfortunately, and we got off track for the last 60 years, but um, President Kennedy has told me that it's the destiny of this planet to become a peaceful, loving, kind, and compassionate planet. And so that's our destiny. And the negatives may try to do everything they can to stop us, but none of it's going to work. Absolutely none of it's going to work. Um, however, uh, President Kennedy has also told me that for those individuals who insist on pursuing a negative path in life, who don't want to live in peace and harmony with a beautiful future <coughs> for their family and their children and children's children, there is another planet set aside in the lower third dimension on the other side of the solar system that is for them uh, Adolf Hitler is there, George Bush Sr. is there, John McCain is there Hillary Clinton's there, yes she's dead um, Obama's there, yes he's dead, you see a clone walk around um, a lot of these people are dead and they've already gone to that other planet so it's um, people don't realize it uh, uh, Gavin Newsom died uh, about a year and a half ago he's been replaced by a body double um, if you look at the current uh, Newsom, he's, he's taller, wider, uh, slightly different physical features, but nobody checks the DNA. I don't know why they don't, because they find a different individual. But um, what, what we have here is an illusion on so many fronts, but the truth is coming out. And this is a time of truth. As we move into the fifth dimension, um, we will continue to see more and more truth uh, uh, here on the planet, and it's going to be difficult to hide. Imagine if people across Canada, for example, could just look at Justin Trudeau and tell that that guy's lying or he's a he's a clone. I don't know if you've ever heard this story or not, but it was back 10, 12 years ago. He had gone down to Epstein's Island, Jeffrey, meet Epstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And when he came back after a couple of days, his wife said, you're not my husband. Who are you? And um, she wanted a divorce. And then they kept her quiet. But it's not the same person. A lot of these people have been replaced. So um, anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd let you know that. But we're heading into a beautiful new, uh, a new world full of love, peace, and, and harmony. And um, and the reason why, by the way, um, that I, I do I've been doing my show now for ten years is to raise consciousness and help people with the ascension. So uh, I've been broadcasting every week now for the past ten years, and um, I will continue this project for as, for as long as possible. But um, we're getting a lot of support now off planet. Um, we're getting a lot of people listening, um, a lot of 
benevolent spirits listening to the souls listening to the show today off planet. They're very interested as to what's happening here because what happens here, the choices we make will create either create a hell on earth for people in the future or a beautiful, uh, loving planet, which everyone can be very happy to be at. So, um, I hope everyone will, as John Lennon uh, once said, I hope. You will all join me. He's here. Um, by the way, he just came in. That's why I got hit. Um, you may think I'm a dreamer, but not, I'm not the only one that just said. So um, anyway, but there's more of us than there are the negatives. And we all need to work together to create a beautiful world. Because as John F. Kennedy told me two years ago, once you realize you have um, the God within you, there's nothing that can stop us. And we all are, are really one on this planet. And um, at any rate, I want to thank Don and Doug so much for their fantastic support. I've been broadcasting now on, on BBS radio for three years. Really love it. And um, um, the, we are turning the tide. Um, we are about 15 to 18 years ahead of schedule in terms of the ascension. Uh, Nostradamus um, said back in the late 80s in a series of publications uh, published by Dolores Cannon that we would, we would shift into the um, fifth dimension by the year 2038. Well, the year now is 2023, and we're 15 years ahead of schedule. So um, because of our choices and the choices we make for ourselves and our families, um, we, we are making a, a better world, and it's happening right before our eyes. I had an interesting conversation about a year and a half ago with uh, Ben Franklin, uh, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, John F. Kennedy. And they all said, you know, we'd love to trade places with you, Ted. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, no, I better not do that. I'm supposed to be here to help with the ascension. But th they said this is an exciting time in, in, um, in our planet's history. There has never been a time when a planet uh, uh, like Earth, a water planet, a free will planet, has um, ascended so quickly from third to fourth dimension into fifth dimension. Usually that process takes at least 100, more typically two to 300,000 years. And we're all doing it in a couple of months, a couple of years. And for those people who feel tired during the day, maybe their energy's low, and they're kind of figure out why. They, maybe they sleep well, they eat well, they take care of their bodies, but yet they're tired all the time. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, it's um, kind of like the old, the old, uh, the old sci-fi um, series in the um, in the '60s, The Outer Limits. You know, there's nothing wrong with your television set. <laughs> You are receiving tremendous amounts of, of uh, vibrations coming in from the galactic sun from across the universe. And it's all focused on this little itty bitty little planet on the western side, southwestern side, out in the middle of boondock land in the Milky Way galaxy. And um, believe it or not, this planet has been holding back the other planets in the other 40 planets in our solar system so that um, if we don't ascend, if our ascension is slow, that holds back the rest of the planets in the solar system. And believe it or not, our, our slow progress in the ascension also holds back the rest of the universe from ascending as well because the rest of the universe is also ascending. So all eyes are on this planet right now. And so um, we are in a very important and crucial part of humanity, not on this Earth, not in this solar system, but also throughout this galaxy in this particular universe. There are seven other universes available 
beyond this one. I've been to the edge of this universe, and I've seen, I've seen them with my help of my Plutonian friends that took me in a ship there a couple of months ago, and showed me the the other universes. So it's it's an amazing time to be alive, and I want everyone to take away this message. Have, have faith. Have be positive about the future because things things are happening in a in a good way. One of the things that's going to happen is that we will all become healers. We'll be able to heal ourselves. Um, this was an opportunity offered to us by uh, by the Plidians, our Plidian brothers and sisters, back in the 1950s. But um, Tricky Dick Nixon and Eisenhower turned them down. That's a true story. It was offered to us in um, March of 1954 um, to President Eisenhower. He, actually, Eisenhower, to his credit, liked the Plutonians. He thought they were good people and wanted to um, make an agreement with them. But Nixon was against it, and so was the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted weapons of war against the, the Russians at the time. What a shame, huh? We could have had a paradise back in the 50s. Anyway, we didn't accept it then. Then the reptilians came in the following year. And they offered uh, their technology um, to fight the Soviets in, ex in exchange for them abducting and studying, so-called studying us. Well, it turned out later, uh, Eisenhower said he was forced into the agreement, but it turned out later that, that they wanted to take over this planet for many, many years. And that's exactly what they've been trying to do recently. All their efforts will fail because this planet is, is destined to ascend into the fifth dimension. There's nothing that the negatives can stop it because we have the backing of the supreme being god if you will in our in our evolutionary quest and all eyes of the universe are now on this planet because never before has a planet shifted from third to fourth to fifth dimension in a matter of years in a matter of years we will be in the fifth dimension never before happened before so for all of you out there who are tired all the time and, and yet you get exercise and you can't figure out why you're tired um don't drink more coffee just get more sleep, take care of yourself, and know this is a temporary uh, transition in humanity's future. And we have a really beautiful, bright future ahead of us, and that's been the goal of my program, to help people with the ascension and raise consciousness now for the past 10 years. It's really been a labor of love. Um, angels came to me 10 years ago, and they said two things. Ted, we, we want you to start a radio show and uh, start writing books. And so I said, how am I going to pay for that? And they said... Don't worry, make it donation-based, nonprofit, and then we'll be fine. And it has been fine ever since. So um, uh, I teach classes. I teach courses on how to talk to your angels. Um, I also um, give the winning lotto numbers on Monday. Just kidding. But um, anyway, <laughs> I did have a client once asking for the winning lotto numbers, and her grandfather came through. And there were six six numbers for the for the mega mega bucks win or something, and the grandfather gave me three, and I thought that was so cool. And then he said to his daughter, he said, um, he said you've got to get the rest of it, you guess and use your heart. But I've given you the first three, I've given you half the way. I don't know whatever happened to her, but there has been tales of her flying around in a Learjet now. She doesn't use a car, but anyway, she must have won, I guess. But um, but the angels are there. Everyone has at least one angel who who's uh, who's guarding who's like a guardian angel for them, which is fun. So um, anyway, um, one of the things that's going to happen is that disease is going to disappear. Now, disease. Uh, let's let's look at the word disease. Disease. If you look at it, is disease. Okay. And well, that typically attaches to any kind of problem you have in the third dimension. There are twelve different dimensions. We exist here in the third, we're shifting into the fourth and going right into the fifth by the end of the year. 
But as we shift into the fifth dimension, dis-ease is, is, is primarily concerned with third dimension. Disease, dis-ease will disappear because we will all be able to, to heal ourselves. Um, recently, uh, I've been to Mount Shasta before, as you know, and every year I take a small group of people there, usually several times a year. And on my most recent trip, we did um, we did prayers, and um, nice lady I know. Um, she I said I got a message from Adama, a beautiful the beautiful spiritual leader of Telos underneath Mount Shasta, that um, for her to close her eyes, we went to a sacred spot in the Shasta area, and um, after about 20 minutes, um, I told her to Adama said to open up her eyes. And in the one eye where she had blurry vision, it was restored to 2010 vision in both eyes. So she's quite happy right now. Uh, another lady had had, um, she had a, a latex, um, a, a allergic reaction to latex. It's a long story. Um, but, um, and everything latex, like she put on latex gloves. Um, it was an occupational um, problem she had. And she had to be also careful of certain berries, blackberries for one, blueberries for others. And now, um, they also, uh, Adama helped heal her during that time as well. Now she, I, um, I think what happened after she, she got a healing, same thing. And Adama said, you can go out now, eat as many blueberries and blackberries as you like. So she went out, reached out to a restaurant, ordered a huge blackberry, uh, blackberry, blueberry cobbler with the uh, homemade ice cream on top. And, and uh, she was quite happy. She said, I haven't eaten these berries in years because they make me sick now. And I said, well, throw out that belief system because you're now healed. But um, I've seen all kinds of different healings happen um, in the mountain area. It's very, it's a very sacred area. Um, but um, if you, if you're interested in going sometime, uh, just send me an email to out of this world, 1150 at gmail.com. I'm happy to, uh, to tell you all about it. I have to say though, that um, there have been numerous uh, negative intelligence agencies who've been trying to come on the trips to um, eliminate me and disrupt the trips. Um, I, I can read people's minds and usually I see right through them. So, but um, for those positive people who truly want to want a spiritual experience, please send me an email and I'm happy to, to send you all the details. The email is out of this world, 1150 at gmail.com. Now I have a I have a wonderful uh, nutritional healer here, um, and um, she's going to tell tell us all about how she uses um, nutrition to heal people. Now it, there's an old saying, and I'm sure you've heard it all. It's called "you you are what you eat," right? So if you eat um, if you if you eat fleas, you'll become like a flea. That's just a joke, bad joke. But anyway, um, it's it's um, it it. <laughs> it's, it's important to know what you eat and especially in this day and age and so many of our foods now are getting corrupted they're putting nanobots and graphene into meats and chicken did you know to do this if you if you like for fun of it get a magnet and go to your local grocery store wherever it is in the u.s canada england Australia, wherever you are on this count, South, Central South America, whatever Asia, and stick it on the meat pack. In the United States, there's probably a, a better than 50-50 chance that the that the that the um, mag that the magnet itself will stick to the meat. And if it sticks to the meat, guess what? That stuff is full of crap. <laughs> you shouldn't eat it. 
I don't care how tasty they make those, those nanobots and graphene particles in those meats. And it's an attempt to control us. And people may say, uh, well, why are they doing that? That's a good question. And the reason they're doing it is because they are trying to control us like robots. Um, in reptilian society, there's no such thing as free will. Everything's ordered. You are ordered what to do. It's very regimented kind of society. Um, human society on this planet, of course, is not really regimented. Um, we have a lot of free will and free choices on this planet to create the kind of beautiful society we want. But that's anathema to the reptilian ethos. And that's what the whole thing is about control. You know, you, you run into it, too, with respect to information in the media here uh, in the United States and many other countries where they are so desperate to control the narrative. They want to control your minds. What's the harm in free thinking, in thinking and speaking what you want? What's the harm in it? I don't see any harm in it. And actually, when the United States was founded, the First Amendment was, was a guarantee of freedom uh, for people to say and think what they want. I mean, within limits, you don't want to incite riots or incite violence. But outside of that, um, if what you're saying is factually true, there's no harm. I don't, I don't see any harm in, in freedom of speech. And this is what... Um, this is what I've had. I've had extensive discussions, of course, with President Washington, President Jefferson, and the framers of the Constitution, and why they they enabled, they put in that particular um, amendment in, into our Constitution. But we're getting a little bit off track here. But um, that's the basis of the program, and that's why I love BBS so much to be on here with Don and Doug. They always do such a great job, and I appreciate their support so much. There's also, of course, lots of other media platforms that have come out. The last couple of years, in addition to BBS, spread my wings. I'm also on CloudHub, C-L-O-U-T-H-U-B. Great platform. I know the CEO of uh, CloudHub, and he's also uh, – thanks, Don. I <laughs> love you, too. Um, but uh, CloudHub is a great, um, a great social media forum. I'm um, friends with the CEO, and uh, there's also Bright, Brighteon, Bitchute, a whole bunch of them out there. But it's, it's amazing how bi uh, some, uh, big tech and some sectors have tried to censor people from their speech, and it's just basically trying to like herd cats. You know, they'll just go somewhere else, and they'll have another, uh, they'll have another forum, um, which, which is useful. Telegram is also another forum, uh, which, is, which is great. But BBS is carrying on a long line of, of, um, of freedom of speech that, that we have um, throughout uh, this country. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tradition of, of um, you know, sharing information and ideas, which, which has made this, this country great. If we lose the First Amendment, we won't have a, a great country anymore. We'll have a controlled country. And all controlled countries, whether that is... Um, Nazi Germany or the, um, you know, the, the, um, the um, uh, super controlled Communist Party of China, uh, we will, people will not be happy and we will not have any kind of, uh, any, any kind of, of uh, freedom at all. But with that, um, I'd like to introduce my, my good friend, uh, Abigail. She's a nutritional healer. And um, anyway, she's, uh, uh, she's had many years of study in this, including uh, several degrees in it as well. But it's, it's, it's um, the old adage, you are what you eat, and that's what's going to be fun today. So I'm going to bring her on by audio. Abigail, can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you for having me. Um, yes, I, uh, my, my last degree was in holistic nutrition, and what we focus on is um, three areas. We look at what, well, first of all, we, we take every individual and we treat them as biologically. Right. We start with food, 
then supplementation, and then lifestyle. And a good example would be someone that does everything correctly, but is extremely stressed out. So a lot of that then goes out the window. So uh, starting with food, as Ted mentioned, we, we do have um, areas we should be focusing on. Um, with any, um, right now, uh, and I'm not the only one recommending this, um, we're looking at metal detoxes. Whether it be something in the air, on our food, something we put into our bodies, we should be looking at a metal detox. And a very easy way to metal detox and to start the process is grounding. Take your shoes off, go stand in the sand, go stand in your dirt, go stand in a lake or an ocean. Um, for those of you maybe living in a city, you're, you're possibly living in a high rise, you know, start to look at what, what you're adding into your body. If you're drinking water, it doesn't have chloride, chlorine. You need to look at using a water purification system, uh, supplementing with chlorine. Uh, oh, sorry, chlor uh, chlorophyll, and uh, it actually tastes very good. You can put in a few tablespoons into a couple liters of water and sip it through a day. It's a little minty. That's a good way to kick off that metal detox. In general, with your food, you know, um, you're tired. If you're tired, uh, maybe uh, reducing your animal proteins, having your primary energy foods. Um, taking it, your veggies, your fruits, and try mixing it up because that's what your body really needs to jumpstart. If it's metabolism, um, you know, that's that's a great place to start. On the, on the topic of metabolism, waking in the morning, a glass of water, a wedge of lemon squeezed in, and then don't eat for that first 30 to 60 minutes, and then have your coffee, and then have your breakfast, and you go from there. Um, varying that, that breakfast as well. If you're having eggs and toast every single day, your body gets very stagnant. Mix that up. Um, another common complaint is sleep. A lot of people can't sleep a lot on their minds. There's so much happening in the world. Um, magnesium, you know, that's a wonderful way to supplement. Possibly even a calcium and magnesium liquid supplement. It'll help with your mouth muscles. It'll help you relax at night. And then when you look at lifestyle and sleep, something like you know, you wake up in the morning, you do what you need to do, you work, you come home, now what do you do? How do you prepare? It should be a little bit of a ceremony where you maybe go into the bathtub and that's where you really release a lot of your thoughts for the day. If you can't do that before you go to bed, uh, write down any concerns that you have. You don't want to be taking that into your dream state and then possibly being in and out of your dream state and you wake up more tired than when you went to bed. Um, Ted, did you want me to focus on, I, I could go on about various topics, but I'm jumping around. Well, let me, let me, let me give you a couple of, uh, a couple of topics to throw out. Um, they're putting a lot of nanobots and graphene, not only into the meats and chicken, but also drinking water as well. Did you know that Nestle, uh, one of the world's largest bottled water
companies has been been shown by Swiss scientists to be putting in at least a half an ounce to an ounce and a half of graphene into their bottles of the Pellegrino uh, uh, sparkling water. Now, that stuff is awful. Why would you want to ever drink that stuff? And I want people to be aware of it. Swiss scientists have proved it, so I'm not making it up based upon, you know. And um, at any rate, there are ways to disable it, including taking a pitch of peroxide um, and detoxing your body. So we're getting a lot of chemicals in our food that people I don't think um, are aware of. By the way, before we continue, I was reminded, I also want to thank Facebook so much for their um, for their um, for their support of my show. I've been on Facebook now for like 10 years, and I really appreciate all their fantastic support of our great forum. But anyway, um, how, do, how does one detox if you've got a lot of mental toxicity? You're the expert, so you tell tell my listeners here. Uh, the, there's there's various detoxes you can do. I think the first step to take is stop doing whatever is adding to your toxic load. Mm-hmm. Like if you know that you know you're, you're loving beef. It's giving you gout. Okay. And you're taking tablets to control uh, the acid um, production around your, your joints. Stop eating the stop eating the, the meat. You'll, you won't be taking the pills. You won't be uh-huh. adding sure. that extra toxin. So, uh, like I mentioned, with the, the grounding, um, getting in touch with nature. I know that they're closing parks. But, you know, you can go to your local dog park, uh, you know, pick an area, of course, that hasn't been used a lot by the dogs, take your shoes off, and walk there, look into the sun, you know, look into the sun with your eyes, you know, you're not going to be wearing sunglasses all the time, That's, you need to regenerate your body so that you can drop those toxic loads naturally, and then, of course, you have the supplementation, um, you have um, chlorophyll, that's a great one to start moving the metals, um, as far as the nanotech, I mean, there's, it's almost, um, if anyone has had a, a vaccine or jab, a side effect, there are recommended supplements such as uh, NAC and a, a acetylcholine, uh, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C. Um, there's also a handful of others. There's even diatomaceous earth and some water. That's another way to start detoxing. Right. Um, and also sweating. So whether you go for a run or maybe you put on a lot of heavy clothing and you're you know doing housework in your own home, there's inexpensive ways to detox. Um, or a sauna. If you belong to a health club or you have, if you're lucky enough to have a sauna in your home, use that sauna. Sweat these things out. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that makes that makes um, that makes total sense. You know, I I, I want to let people know, uh, reiterate again that um, um, we have tried um, six other times to ascend on this planet. And this is the seventh time, and the seventh is a very special number because there's seven days of the week, there's a seven-year cycle. Um, there's this, this seven cycle here, and so this is our, this is the, and this is the furthest we've ever come to ascending into the fifth dimension, the furthest and fastest we've ever gone. And we are starting to ascend right now, my friends. Um, I've, I've been told when will this, these negative attacks end, and it should end by September. By September, because they are they've lost the battle and the energies are waning, they are declining. So just hang in there. I know it's a life's a challenge for many people around the earth, but people are waking up too. And one thing I want to thank, especially thank all my Plutonian brothers and sisters, because they have been bombarding this planet with positive energies ever since November 2000. 
of November, um, uh, November two, uh, 2018. And what they've done is um, they've been they've been sending positive energies to this planet in an attempt to do a couple of things. One, raise consciousness. Um, second is to help heal ourselves. And, and, and as we go into these higher dimensions, disease will become a thing of the past because disease is only attributable to the third dimension, not to the fifth. Uh, fourth kind of gray area, but most people, fourth is basically not a really a, a destination. It's stopping over on the way to fifth. So um, you can look forward to um, not only getting rid of disease in the future, but also living for at least 300, 400, 500 years on planets away from Earth, uh, advanced planets, um, human planets beyond this planet. The average longevity of, of humans is 1,000 years, up to 25,000 years. One thing about Adama I like, you know, he looks like he's 28, 29 maybe. Something like that, but he, but um, but his his um, he's about twenty five thousand years old, but he doesn't look doesn't look at it at all, you know. Um, now for myself, I've been here fifty two thousand years, and I don't think I look a day over ten thousand years old. I, I don't know, but I, I seem still young. But <laughs> but seriously, that does happen. And for those interested in like beauty products, you know, and facelifting and all that stuff, forget it. Just get your just evolve yourself to be more spiritual, and as you spiritually evolve, the aging clock will actually stop, and then it will start reversing, according to my uh, Plinian friends. So anyway, just to work to the wise. You know, you don't need um, uh, facelifts. You don't need uh, wrinkle adjustments. You don't need hair color, uh, dye color for your hair, um, although my hair is a little gray. But at any rate, um, you, you, can, you can reverse that aging process by simply becoming more and more uh, spiritual. Um, are there are there a lot of diseases related to to ask a stupid question related to what you eat? So you are what you eat, right? So if you eat garbage, your body becomes like garbage. Um, most definitely, a lot of the processed foods don't the ingredients don't resemble the natural foods that they came from. So the body doesn't know what to do with them. Okay. The body ends up expending so much calories. From or calories, trying to figure out what this food is and digest it, that there's little nutrient at the end of the day that goes into the body. Uh-huh. So you also have to look at inflammation. Something as simple as like you know you might see someone having issues with with phlegm. So that's the start of um, inflammation inside the body, and and a lot of diseases are actually related to inflammation. So you want to always observe what you see happening on the outside. You know, uh, something like an eczema on the outside of your body, you have to be thinking inside there's something bigger happening and take the appropriate steps. And one of those steps might be even as simple as increasing your water intake. You're dehydrated and you're getting a headache. You know, you just have to stop and think and not be distracted too much by life. And I know sometimes that's easier said than done. So, yes, you are what you eat. If you're eating. I don't know, a lot of, um, or so you're drinking a lot of coffee, and now you're, there's, there's a very acidic effect, maybe it's like a sour burn, sorry to get too graphic, you know, maybe tone it down on the coffee, and I'm not saying completely eliminate it, maybe have it as that thing we look forward to after your lunch.
Okay. Would you would would it be um would it be appropriate to drink less than five gallons of coffee per day, in your opinion, professionally? One hundred percent. You know, one cup, two cups. Some people can handle it for your four cups. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one or two for the typical individual. That is plenty. And you know, there's alternatives. You're craving your coffee. Have a tea. So maybe instead of two coffees, you have one coffee, one tea. There's there's different things you can do. Stick some wedges of fruit in your water. You know, make make it interesting. Make food and. Uh, food and supplementation as well as lifestyle interesting mix things up and you know i just want to uh, add one thing about you know maybe rejuvenating and people wanting to be young facelifts or whatever cosmetic procedures they might do there's there's easy ways to jump start your body and just um, have your cells turn over quicker you're taking a shower the last minute of your shower start decreasing the temperature of the water till it's ice cold and now you're having a moment where you're like oh. and that's when you know you know if you can hold that for 30 seconds and you get out of your shower you're going to feel like a different person and it's at a cellular level something has has changed something has tweaked so it's just little things you can do and it's just a I think it's sitting back and reflecting and, uh, and, and finding those solutions from within. Mm. My, uh, my, uh, my Pudeen my friends are here and they'd like to say a few words. Um, hold on. Oh, they're all laughing. <laughs> One is on the air, they said. I said, yeah, I wanted to ask you about um, Admiralosaurus. You might, no, he said, no, no, it's fine. Um, he said, I, I wanted to ask him about um, what they do on board the ship in terms of their eating. I mean, he said now, um, we don't need to eat physically in order to maintain our bodies because they're, they're in the fifth dimension. But they can. They do eat socially. Um, they, they, um, they, they live off the prana, the energy of the earth, and you will too as you shift into the fifth dimension. So, um, and it's going to be a pretty much a plant-based diet. Um, and they don't eat any meat, no fish, um, no chicken, no beef. Um, and because um, it, it actually lowers, um, Adama says that lowers your, your vibration. And if you do come to Shasta um, with me, it's recommended that you don't eat any meat for three weeks before the trip. And um, they, um, so because it'll lower your vibration. Um, and they want you to have as high a vibration as possible. So that's one of the things, too. But, but food will not be a big deal like it is today. Of course, add two things if you like. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to add that with your fruits and vegetables, that's your primary source of food. Uh-huh. And um, a lot of people might think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a deficient in calcium. And many, many people are. But where you get the bulk of your calcium from is green vegetables. People automatically think they have to drink a few more cartons of milk. That is a fallacy. Hmm. I just wanted to add that. Okay, okay. Are a lot of diseases related to nutritional deficiencies? People aren't getting the, the foods they need. And are a lot of fruits and vegetables today, they may look good, but they don't have any nutritional value because it's so depleted? Definitely. I think we're nutritionally at a deficit and people can't satiate their, their for the taste of the apple. And three apples later, 
they still don't, they, yeah. they yeah. hasn't hit that spot. You know, they, they, they reach for a channel bar. Definitely, you have to watch and, 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 it, and it's not all about, oh, I've got to go to the organic section. It's more um, sharing knowledge and as you're out with people and people now demand, say, less pesticides being used, and overall, like, there's more of us than there are of them. So that's, you know, if we set that as our our minimum, we don't want to have that amount of pesticides. We don't buy that food on the shelf. They'll stop making that food, and they'll cater to what we're looking for. But we need to be able to tell them if we let if we let industry dictate, and, you know, they'll continue to give it as long as we continue to take it. So, uh, you know, we just use discretion, discernment, and, um, and uh, you know, do the research yourself. And sometimes just by eating certain foods, you know, if they agree with you or not, it's, it's uh, yeah, listen to your body. Right, right, right. Well, nowadays, um, there are some things people should be aware of, including the graphene um, in the meats and chicken, um, Australia, and uh, actually, um, what's his name, Biden or whatever the heck he is, um, just gave the okay, or the cabal gave the okay for um, for meats to be vaccinated, believe it or not. And so I've, I've been staying away from meat for years, but this is even a, a greater of people who don't want to get the shot to not stop eating meat, or at least uh, know your producer. If you go from a family farm and they know you know that the, the source is good and there's there's no pollutants in it, that's one thing. But if you buy it from a big box department store, uh, a supermarket, um, and um, your your chances are of getting getting something bad in the meat is, is, is pretty high. They're also doing now that under the Biden uh, government. Um, they're, they're engineering uh, 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 vegetables to have to produce um, the, the shot in, in and of itself. So, I mean, it's just it's just like this total fiction, a total science fiction, horrible sci-fi B, B movie that um, you can't get away from it. There's also something called Appeal, A-P-E-E-L, which is now covering apples. And if you do eat an apple with the A-P-P-A-P-E-E-L label, you're getting vaxxed. Um, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to add that that appeal um, material, the, the spray that they're putting on the on the produce, is actually primarily targeting the organic food industry. So it's just something to be aware of. It's been seen on the shelves of Costco in both Canada and the United States. Right, right. It's it's uh, it's just I, some people might look at this as work. It's you know what I've always looked at the philosophy: you pay now or you pay later. So you know we're just trying to get more quality of life. Um, right. There's lots of things you can do, and I mean even having smaller gardens at your home, you can have indoor gardens. There's right. things you can grow, and I mean even if you can take a little bit of that load off, five, ten percent, twenty percent, you know eventually it will pay off. Right. Right, right. One of the one of the you can grow your own vegetables too. Just get your own seeds. Um, lettuce, for example, is extremely easy to grow if you are in a good climate. Uh, you can have a whole bucket full of lettuce within two weeks after you plant it with the right amount of nutrients and everything. People may be surprised about Costco, but for many years, um, 
Um, Bill Gates' father was on the board of directors of Costco for many years until he passed away, I think, a year or two ago. So, you know, that's that's how I think appeal got there as well. It's not to be trusted. Any Anytime you see that label, back way off because you're asking for, for, for problems. Um, do you recommend people having their own gardens, even if they live in a city, an urban garden? Definitely. And I know that there's been some stories of the whatever is in the atmosphere affecting outside gardens, indoor gardens, even in northern climates, you can have an indoor garden in your basement and you supplement the nutrients and the minerals through liquid supplementation and you can grow year round on these towers. And I have one of those in my home, and I have two crops per year, and it produces enough lettuce, spinach, kale, all my herbs, and even peppers. Those are things I do not need to buy. So it's it's a small way of, and it's always fresh. It's always fresh, and it's always available. Um, right. It's a small step, and initially it was it was a little overwhelming, and then I thought this, these are very easy steps. I take apart the tower after six months, clean it, and start a new and start a new batch, and. Uh, and a variation, and then you can still continue to buy elsewhere, but you know, try supporting that local farmer because, as logistics, um, I mean, supply chains are breaking down. So, you know, I've already, I've already <laughs> told myself I may not have pineapples or avocados within a year, but that's okay. I'm going to find other substitutes, and you know, I, I just have a very realistic uh, uh, standpoint on like food, um, but also the spiritual part to also know that you know if things will get tough but they will get better after and that has a lot to play with your psyche and how your body absorbs the food and nutrients that you're putting in so so stay optimistic friends right right yeah you are literally what you eat aren't you i mean really when you think about it yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I want everyone to hang in there. Even if you're in a city, you can always find, hopefully, find a little bit of, of um, sunshine in, in a sky rise, for example. In a sky rise, there's all, usually some. And a lot of places have urban gardens where you can actually have your own garden plot, which is kind of cool in a lot of cities. If you're out in the country, uh, no problem. But it's very easy to grow. You just wet the soil and throw the seeds in and add some fertilizer and there you go. And it's fun too. You can grow quite a bit on a small plot of land. Uh, during World War II um, in the United States and um, many other countries, they had what's called victory gardens where the government distributed uh, seeds and people would grow their own gardens. And um, yeah, so it's not a, not a hard thing to do, but something to, to keep in mind. Also, as you know, inflation has been uh, really rising here in the United States and many other countries. And it's a good way to to uh, reduce your food food budgets and the cost to grow your own food. Um, but um, anyway, I've, I've had gardens before, and it's always a lot of fun. And everything grows, you know what I mean. So um, anyway, and that's one of the things that they're trying to control us through the food supply. During the 1930s and 20s, especially the 1930s, Stalin consolidated family farms in the Soviet Union in an attempt to consolidate it with the state, turn everything over to the state, but they also re really reduced um, the amount of food available to the, to the Russian people. And that was an attempt to force people into communism, and they're doing the same thing now, too, with the higher food prices, and um, uh, it's not going to work, but people, I think, are pretty independent in many countries, and they, they, they want to determine their own future and not let it run by, um, by somebody else. But any final words, any other words for my uh, listeners? 
I also want to know that there's a really, there, and there has been a big war against any supplement or natural industry for decades. Mm-hmm. And now that we've reached that point where a lot of people are supplementing, the crackdown is even that much harder. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's important to know a little bit more about the food because maybe the supplements, which are the easier fix to take a pill rather than taking that time to maybe make a soup or a salad. Right. Um, that that might be curtailed for some time and to be prepared for it. Because of course, even if you stocked up, there's just the four days. So you have to start thinking, where where do I get that selenium? Which vegetables have the most? Right. And then we control it going there. That's where I, I stay optimistic as, uh, as more people, as more people wait. Uh, to this. So, yeah, and I also, one thing I, I forgot to mention with the whole detox process with uh, heavy metals is fats. That's my, that's my, that's my go-to myself. Um, you know, the uh, baking soda, super inexpensive to find. Epsom salts as well. Yeah, right. um, if you can add diatomaceous earth and that borax, right. wonderful detox. I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, safe for children, safe for seniors. You know, try to have that bath as well as you can. You don't have to do it every night. A couple nights a week, or even once, once a night, or maybe more in the in the winter time. Um, and then let let Ted know, and he'll let me know how how that's working for you. Uh, so yes, and uh, and I've said this before. I said this recently. Ted, that uh, I'm more optimistic now, like in the last week, than I've been for three years, knowing, knowing, you know, our reality, our true reality, mm-hmm. the one that has been sort of hidden. Uh, and uh, and so it is an exciting time, and I think we can all feel it. So uh, I wish everyone well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always fun. I'm waiting for my next guest to come on now. Wayne Allen Rudy should be on in about five minutes. But I just want to make a couple of com- a couple of comments, my friends. We are all natural born healers. I'm in touch with uh, Zora the Hollow Earth, and uh, great guy. Um, and he um, he he calls us every time I talk to him. He says, "How you be great of my my beloved gods and goddesses." He calls us all uh, royalty. Because we we um, we have the genetic strain of 22 other star systems, or 22 other races within our DNA, and we have a lot of DNA which our Earth scientists call junk DNA, which is basically shut down. But the amazing thing is that we are starting to wake up, my friends. And as we wake up and go into the fifth dimension, we will be able to do amazing things. One of the one of the most important things I think will happen is that language itself will become secondary. And we will communicate telepathically. So perhaps in a couple of years from now on BBS, I'll be doing one of my shows. And I'll just simply gaze out into the audience and communicate with everyone telepathically. And I won't say much. There is a fellow named Bratso. I think he's from either Serbia or uh, Croatia. And he's a, he's a natural born healer. And what he will do, I've been to his presentations before. Have you heard of Brazzo? Okay. Anyway, Brazzo's an interesting fellow. You can look him up on the web. I think he's still giving presentations. Um, he just he stands there and he'll gaze out on the people, uh, um, and and he'll uh, he'll he'll help he'll help he'll he'll he heals people left and right. And one time I was at this conference years ago. And I ran into him, and I sat down with him and his and his um, his wife or girlfriend, and I said, uh, "How would you like to be on my show?" And he just smiled, and I, I took that as yes. And I said, "Well, we could interview now if you like." He just smiled, 
And, and then I said, okay, um, how do you do your healing? And he just smiled and sat there. The whole, the whole thing was just smiling, <laughs> sitting with him in silence. And that was the interview. Um, I never did play it, by the way, but um, because usually my audience wants me to say something. I'm on the air. So anyway, it was, it was funny. But, but he did heal a lot of people. And, and um, the people in the audience would get up and say, I'm healed. Or they had, like, all kinds of different health issues. And the guy was really amazing. I'll never forget that. Um, and he would have a room filled with maybe three or 400 people gaze out and uh, a lady or a guy would, would, would stand up and they'd say, I, I, I need, I'd like a healing and they get one. And um, I've never seen anything like it. He communicated entirely telepathically. I think he did speak uh, once in a while, but I, I, um, I did hear him once in a while say, say some words, but generally speaking, um, he was uh, very quiet, uh, humble man and extremely, extremely powerful. Um, the amazing things I've seen at Shasta people healing is that they, they are, um, they sit quietly, Adama comes in, we go to a place where there's a lot of energies coming in, and we sit quietly, and um, uh, Adama helps guide them, get in touch with the God within them, and then they, they get a healing for all kinds of things. I've seen uh, eyesight healed, hearing restored. I've seen uh, diaperticulitis, um, 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 which is uh, disintegration of the intestines uh, healed spontaneously. I've seen um, scoliosis healed. I saw a lady who had nurse who had scoliosis last summer be healed within about uh, 25, 30 minutes. She had curvature of the spine completely healed. Um, Lyme disease, several cases of Lyme disease uh, healed spontaneously within 30 minutes uh, in our prayer circles. I mean, it's one thing after the other, after another, after another. And you've seen, I've seen so many of these things happen that um, I know for a fact it happens. It happened to myself. I restored my eyesight, 2010 vision in both eyes after having blurry vision in one of my eyes for many years. Um, they gave me a new heart here a couple of years ago after I'd been working for many years. Um, and my, and my, uh, they said I needed a new heart, so they gave me one. So it was... Uh, um, it happens. I cannot guarantee it'll happen to you 100%, but because you have to be open-minded to it and, and want it to happen and believe in God and uh, follow the protocols. No meat for three weeks before the trip. Uh, um, there's been a lot of interference by negative forces on the trip as well, but I, I, screen everybody, I screen the negatives out. So we usually have a really good time, and people do get, do get the healings that they want. As far as spiritual healings, we will... Um, we will um, go to a place where there's there's a lot of good lay energy and, and lay lines, um, and the energies come in, and Adama helps us. Um, he's the spiritual leader of Telos, and the energies just come in. So anyway, if you'd like to experience that, um, please uh, send me an email to outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com. Uh, or to Out of This World Radio at ProtonMail.com. Or you can go to my website, Out of This World Readings, uh, com. I also sell my books there and I uh, have a spiritual mentoring program where I teach people how to talk um, to the other side. Uh, talking to the other side is not difficult to do. Um, it's um, You have to pay close attention to your thoughts because thoughts are things in the higher dimensions. And if you get like a nudge or an intuitive um, ping on something that you should do, follow that. Follow that gut instinct. And that gut instinct usually is 100% correct. Um, you get in trouble sometimes if you follow your logical mind uh, too much um, because um, people have two minds. They've got a logical mind 
and then they've also got a heart mind as well. And if you follow your heart mind, you'll, you'll never go wrong. And uh, anyway, I've been following my heart mind for for many years now, and um, so it's, uh, it's 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 led me well. And my angels are always right. I had a funny comment the other day. I was giving a reading to a, a fellow in Australia. He he said. Um, I gave him some advice about what to do, and he said, are the angels ever wrong? And I said, no. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, but um, I hope he's doing, he and his wife are doing well. Australia is a tough place, as you know. It's one of the most restrictive countries on the continent, I mean, on, on this planet. And um, he's a medical professional, and I said, uh, it's it's very kind of a tough environment there. I said, uh, why don't you uh, leave the country and try another another place that where you'll be better received? I, mix, I recommended Mexico. Because Mexico was never shut down. The Mexican president was a good, was a good friend of President Trump. And um, I think the, um, the jab rate is like 1% for the whole country. The Mexican economy is doing fabulous. Um, it's the, the Mexican peso is now up about 20, 25% against the U.S. dollar. Go check it. You know, people saying you're kidding. And I said, no, I'm not kidding. That's what it is. Check, the, check it from a year ago. Check it from last January. You'll see how much better the Mexican peso is doing. The economy is booming. Um, and I think what's going to happen in the future, the Mexican economy is going to do so well, it will surpass the United States economy in terms of the standard of living and Canada, for that matter, many other countries. Because people, Mexican people are beautiful people. They have a spiritual heart. They believe in God. And they do things in a spiritual way. It's not a perfect place. There's no perfect place, actually, on this planet. But there are some places which have a lot of good qualities, including Mexico. Uh, a lot of countries, other countries, there's Costa Rica, of course, to check out. Um, but uh, I, I, if you're interested in um, moving to a country where freedom is valued and you're not, there's no repression and, um, and there's no censorship, try Mexico. It's a beautiful place. But um, anyway, I'm now waiting for uh, my next guest, Wayne Allen Root, to come on. I hope he can he can get on. Okay, um, uh, Abigail. Um, Abigail, uh, I want you to say a few more words about nutrition. I'm going to check with my, my guest to make sure he's getting on okay. Um, go ahead. What if, well, let me ask you this. What if, what if somebody you know really loves junk food? That's all they eat is junk food, yet they have health problems. What would you recommend they do? Um, put themselves in isolation and force themselves to eat good homemade food, <laughs> organic food. What would you, you know, because some people do like junk food. Yeah. I mean, is all junk food bad for people? It's not all bad, is it? It is bad? Okay. Well, anyway, go ahead. Share. I'm going to try to get my next guest on. Oh, there's, always, uh, there's always, I guess you could see them as food cheese when it comes to junk food. So, for instance, if you're craving something really sweet and your automatic thought is, I want chocolate, Maybe one thing you could start supplementing with is vitamin B complex. That will curve your sweet tooth. And maybe you like hot chocolate. Maybe start with cacao. And then maybe move to the carob. And slowly wean yourself off the addiction. Because it truly is an addiction. Look how many teaspoons of uh, sugar there would be in a can of Coke. It's like if you knew, I believe it's somewhere around 14 to 16, you would never reach for that can of Coke. 
But maybe you're craving, craving something fizzy. Get yourself, um, you know, one of the fizz maker machines. If you absolutely need to have something like that, it helps your digestion, for instance. Um, make that, that bubbly water yourself. Maybe you need a pinch of salt, uh, like the mineral salt. Those are great. It helps prevent dehydration. And it's also giving you that, that, uh, that fizz that maybe you crave with the pop. Um, and also separating emotion. If you find you're an emotional eater, you eat when you're upset, you eat when you're really happy. Find something to do other than eating that, that food that maybe doesn't agree with you, that uh, maybe dulls your senses. You know, we look at uh, our lifestyles, and I, I mean, I, I look at lifestyle as well. You wake up, you have a coffee, you have several coffees throughout the day. Now at lunch, you start medicating with alcohol, and by night, you're reaching for the red wine. And before you know it, like that becomes your lifestyle. And that is the lifestyle of a lot of people. You know, start substituting some of those um, vices, I guess, and maybe and, and dealing with some things head on. And that, that becomes more of an emotional um, uh, solution. Uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're upset about something, well, maybe go for a walk. Oh, it's really late at night. You don't feel secure walking on the streets. Okay, take take a quick lukewarm or warm bath, and then stretch, and and write down those things that that may have triggered you. Um, I'm just trying to think of other addictions that people have and what you can do. You know, you can turn it into a bit of a game. Well, I really really feel like licorice. Well. And I really, really feel like something that's maybe more of a plastic composition, like a, uh, a cheese whiz, let's say, for instance. Maybe have it, the game would be, maybe have to drink two glasses, uh, eight ounces of water before I have that item. And by the time you have to drink the water, you're like, well, oh, I don't know if I really feel like having that licorice. Although, having said that about licorice, I feel bad. Uh, black licorice is really good for digestion. Uh, take a look at your uh, ingredients list. Eventually, it becomes a habit. Uh, there's there's an app, um, and I've just forgotten the name. It's in, It looks like a little carrot, and it's something that you can use to scan uh, items at the growth, I believe it's called Yuka, I believe, Y-U-K-A, that's coming to me. And you scan, and, and of course, depending on which country you live in, there's other apps that are like it. You scan beauty products, you scan the food items, you scan the snacks, or maybe the wines. So when you're at the store, you have to have that red wine, fine. Just try to find one with fewer sulfates, so that will lead to fewer headaches. You know, there's always ways to work around it. Uh, yes. Okay. yes, and, and yes, confirming that that is the uh, Yuka app. And uh, you'd be surprised, even in what is labeled as all natural, and you have to be careful with language usage. Uh, use the app, it just takes, uh, takes the work out of it. Just really easy. In summary, yeah, there's there's lots of there's lots of workarounds, and you just have to notice the pattern and try not to get to the point where now you have the full symptoms. But there's always there's always a way back, uh, and I want always want to like stress stress that optimism, and it's not just optimism; it is it is fact. Um, 
and uh, you get no pitfalls because you know you have sugar first thing in the morning. There are many people that drink a can of Pepsi first thing in the morning. Well, throughout the whole day, your body wants more and more sugar. It's part of the addiction cycle. You know, if you absolutely have to have that can of pop, maybe, you know, wait till dinner time. And maybe by the time you're done having dinner, you may not actually want that can of pop. Or you might only want it every other day. Yeah, I, um, there's, there's a lot. So I, I guess there's so much I can talk, talk about. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to um, note was uh, plant-based nutrition. That seems to be quite the buzzword. Um, of course, we're trying to wean ourselves off of some animal protein, one, because of the cost, two, because we don't know what's in the animal protein. Right. And oh my God, there's like lots of other reasons. But uh, reading the labels, plant-based can also mean it's cricket infused. No, 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 what, what the bug names are. You can go and Google what the other names are. There's Latin names for them. There's four or five. Make sure you're not putting that into your body because that's something you can't digest. Um, and uh, yeah, look to your citrus fruit, fruit, fruit excuse me, uh, also they're very tangy and they really sometimes can curb uh, some of the addictive urges like a wedge of orange or a wedge of lemon or lime. Thank you. Let me let me ask you a question. Wayne Allen is coming on here, or we're just getting him on now. But before we go, um, uh, before I let you go, Abigail, what about detox? Like, is fasting good? Because I've heard people fast for a day or two sometimes. Is that good for you to help detox your body? Definitely. There's like three main ways. You've got the. Um, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. But let's, okay. let's say as far as uh, detoxing through fasting. Definitely. Um, and that doesn't mean that in those eight hours you're eating a lot of junk food, but really be mindful of what you're putting in your body for those eight hours. And now you're giving your body that time to relax, heal, digest. It's, it's doing like it's performing its own miracles in the time off that it gets. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after a few days, you're... Uh, your hunger urges subside, and then you can carry through and even try that for a month. I mean, the body can go without food. I, I believe it's for 10 days if you just have water every day. I'm not recommending that for most people because yeah. they, their lives are too stressful. They have too much to get done in the day. But, yeah, the, the detox, and it's, uh, it's making the body more uh, efficient as well as detoxing. Well, let me share something fun with you and my listeners. A couple of years ago, I heard about this through the Emoto office in Tokyo, Japan, that they knew of a guy who uh, lived off breathing air. And so every once in a while, his friends would have like a, a watering thing, you know, like the water things, like they watered him like that. I'm just kidding about that. But um, he would he would live off air and, and water. And um, that's it. <laughs> He's still alive last time I checked. So this this gentleman who does that must be in the fifth dimension. So that's what I'm thinking may have happened. I actually I have Wayne Allen's um, uh, number here. I might try to give him a call. But have you heard about that? People living they're called breatharians. Um, I haven't heard about that per se, but I do know a lot of people shallow breathe, and I'm one of those people. So what you want to really do is take in as much air into your lungs and do it consciously. And then breathe it out slowly. And I mean, you you know, essentially you're you're engaging muscles in your chest. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to cold and flu season, that's around the corner. Would you rather have a stronger breathing, you know, uh, apparatus, or would you rather have a weaker one? And maybe that's something you practice before you go to bed, and it slightly puts you in a maybe even a meditative 
safe. Uh, again, promoting uh, healing to your body uh, and maybe somehow reaching back and pulling wisdom, you know, that, that, you, that you have and you've just forgotten. Um, so, so, so many things you can do. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, he's here finally. Okay, good. All right, great. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Abigail. Well, Wayne, Wayne uh, Elrude is here, so that's wonderful. Let me bring him on. Thanks for coming in. several different uh, radio show networks and I'm so glad he could come on today and I want to thank that Sandy uh, Fraser's publicist for helping me get him on today. Uh, Wayne are you there? Yes I'm there can you hear me? Oh, oh great yeah it's great to talk to you my friend I'm, I'm glad you could make it on. Yes. <laughs> so how let me, are you uh, doing let me today? clip on here hold on a second let me just make sure I'm okay on. take your time. All right I'm ready to go. Great, my friend. I'm so glad that you were able to come on today. Actually, I wrote up a long, uh, a long intro for you with a lot of questions, and then um, my, um, my, 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 I lost the file, so now I have to do it by memory. But um, I've drank in a couple of gallons of coffee, so I think I'll, I'll be okay. Um, <laughs> um, Wayne, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the radio? Um, in, into, in, into what you're doing now? And tell us where, you, where people can listen to you and help support you. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm in radio. I'm in TV. I'm in uh, podcast. I'm nationally syndicated newspaper columnist. I've got 16 books out. My TV show on Real America's Voice TV Network aired this morning with my 12th interview with President Donald J. Trump. Uh, not too many people in history have ever had 12 interviews with President Trump, so I'm very proud of that. It's on uh, every Saturday on Real America's Voice TV Network. And repeats five times a weekend. I'm on every day on TV on uh, Lindell TV, uh, as in Pillow Man, Mike Lindell's TV network, uh, at uh, seven o'clock Eastern every day. My radio show is six to nine East Coast time every day on USA Audio Network. And you'll never remember all of that. So just go to my website where everything's there. You, uh, excuse me, rootsforamerica.com. I have so many websites. Rootsforamerica.com. Everything's there. Well, one thing I like about you, Wayne, is that you're a true patriot. You also have a heart of gold as well, and you're very honest, and you tell it like it is. You don't hold anything back. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot to say about, about my next question, but uh, um, I know the country seems to be sometimes going to hell in a handbasket in a hurry, but you're one of those who stand up to it and also point out to what people can do. I'd love your, your, some suggestions on that. Sure. Uh, you're in Houston, right? Is that where you are? Am I reaching you in Houston? Yeah, that, yeah, I'm out of Houston. That's right. And you do this show like in a restaurant? I'm hearing all this noise in the background. Are we in a restaurant? <laughs> well, my friend, I normally do it in a nice studio, but uh, I'm traveling right now. And this is the best forum I could get was, was this uh, little little cafe. So my apologies. So no, normally no, no I never apologies. broadcast from a cafe. I was just wondering but... what all that background noise was. We're in a restaurant. Got it. So, so yeah, yeah, they're making <laughs> gallons of coffee. So, <laughs> all right, a little distracting. Tell me the question again. What did you want me to answer? Um, yeah, I was wondering, uh, like, what can people do to help turn things around in this country? First off, and get uh, and get the current government out. Well, listen, I'm I'm one of the big proponents. Uh, one of the reasons President Trump likes me so much 
is I'm one of the few people who understood from day one that elections are rigged and stolen. And I don't know if we're ever going to win another national election. I really don't. I mean, yeah. you got to come out, you got to vote, you got to volunteer, you got to donate, you got to do everything you can. You got to fight. You know, I'm a guy who believes in fighting to the last minute, to the last second. So uh, I'll always fight, even if I think it's rigged. Sometimes you beat a rigged election. Trump did that in 16. I believe Hillary's election was rigged. Trump beat the rig. That's why Hillary was so upset. And then they made sure he could never beat it, no matter how many new votes he got. He got 12 million new votes. And, and the man with uh, mask and, and diapers hiding in the basement managed to beat him. How's that possible? It's not. He got the most votes of any president in history. And, he, and, and Biden hiding in the basement beat him. So we know elections are rigged. We know that Fetterman could not have possibly won in 2022 midterms. We know that my guy, Adam Laxalt, in Nevada, where I live, could not have lost. He won on election night. Then he loses six nights later when they keep counting ballots. It's all fraud. So I know one thing you can do to beat the rig, and that is to go out there and, and boycott bad companies. I wrote the Great Patriot Boycott book back in 2021, and now I've written the new bestseller, the Great Patriot Boycott book, listing all the companies you need to buy from versus all the companies you need to boycott. And, and I'm on the money so far. Every company that I talked about boycotting two years ago, they're all going under. Disney, Target, Bed Bath & Beyond. You can use your wallet and your pocketbook as we're proving every day. Now we're going up against Ben and Jerry's and we're boycotting Ben and Jerry's and they lost $3 billion in a couple of days in market cap. Wow. So it, that's one thing we know we can do. Use your wallet, use your pocketbook. I've listed all the great companies to buy from and to boycott in the great Patriot boycott book now endorsed by President Donald J. Trump. Well, good for you, Wayne Allen. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. I mean, people have the buying power and they can force these companies out of business to hopefully change them back onto yes. a better track. I know that what Target did with the um, LGBTQ uh, agenda, people were disgusted and they, 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 their stock lost a whole bunch of money. And, Think, um, about they Bud Weiser. Think about Bud. I'm sorry. Bud oh, Weiser. Oh, yeah, Bud Weiser. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. How much How much did they lose? I, I, I'm wondering. You know, I haven't even seen an update. As recently as like a month ago, they had lost like $20 billion in market cap. And that's just the Wall Street value. That doesn't include what they've lost in sales. Their sales are so low, they dropped from number one in America out of the top 10. And last I looked, they were number 14 and dropping like a rock. So their sales are gone and their market value is gone. A double whammy. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. In your work, I'm just curious, uh, Wayne, have you been threatened or have you had any uh, like um, obstacles to overcome on this? Well, the obstacles are that I'm, I'm probably one of the most, if not the most banned human being in America. I mean, you know, everything right. I say is shadow banned or banned. Uh, I get fired right. from every site I'm on. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite amazing that we have no freedom of speech in the United States of America. And I'm a Jew, and I'm telling you, this reminds me of Nazi Germany, the propaganda and the censorship and the demonization of conservatives and Republicans and patriots and anyone who doesn't go along with the government's lies is really up there with Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. And this is America today. 
the jailing of their political opponents, the indictments of President Trump, the raids on Mar-a-Lago, the January 6 lies, and the raids on these people, no bail, not allowed out of prison after January 6. But every other criminal in America is let out with a revolving door the same day they commit murder. So, I mean, what's happening now reminds me of some of the worst periods in the history of the world, from the Soviet Union to East Germany to the uh, Soviet Gulag to East German Stasi to uh, to uh, Nazi Germany, all of them reminiscent of bad times, and, and it's really getting worse by the day. So I, I have no hope uh, if we don't win with Trump in 2024. I think it's going to get real bad in 2025. So we better well win with Trump in 2024 if they'll even allow him to get to the election. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I, um, I wanted to tell you that Albert Einstein said once that the definition of insanity, Wayne, is that to do something over and over again and accept a, a different result right. when you're doing the same thing over and over again. And, 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 yeah, and I love that quote. Yeah, and, and how far do you think that extends to the American voting system? Because, I mean, there have been some significant changes in Montana. For example, they're requiring paper ballots now. Um, I think some places in Texas, they're requiring paper ballots. But for the vast majority of, of America, we still need to reform the uh, the way people vote or else it's just going to be another another um, SHI uh, shit show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, Montana's going to go Republican for Trump and Texas is going to go Republican for Trump. So it doesn't even matter that they've put in a few little improvements in voting. What matters is six states. The whole country comes down to Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and my state, Nevada. Those six are the difference between us winning by a landslide electorally and losing by a landslide. And Democrats know that. So they cheat like crazy in those six states. And for those who don't get it, I live in Las Vegas, and I've seen the cheating. Every illegal alien in this town is voting. They're all voting. And how I know? Because they're allowed to get driver's licenses. And when they go to DMV, they're automatically registered to vote. The Democrat legislature of Nevada passed that two years ago after the 2020 election. Every illegal gets a driver's license, and then they're automatically registered to vote. Anyone who gets a driver's license automatically registered to vote at DMV, and it's against the law to ask if they're a citizen or not. So you don't think they're voting? So in Nevada, we lose every race by 25,000 votes out of 1.5 million cast. So you don't think there's 25,000 illegals voting in Nevada? We have 150,000 illegals on the strip just working for the casinos, you know, doing the, you know, maids and busboys and dishwashers and waiters and bartenders. 150,000 just on the strip alone. And I guarantee you they're all registered to vote. And I guarantee you the culinary union teaches them how to vote in Spanish, even though they're illegal aliens and they go vote because they're registered to DMV. So I know elections are being rigged and stolen. I see it every day. If you were to call the Washington, I'm familiar with Washington State too, uh, Wayne. This is a fun fact for you. Um, if you call the Washington Secretary of State's office in Olympia, Washington, um, and you ask them when's the last time they, they cleaned their voter rolls of duplicates and illegal aliens, that was 13 to 14 years ago. They intentionally keep it in. If you register to vote in Washington State, you do it online, no ID is required. You simply check a bo- box and you're registered. Yeah, now, I don't think they even no ask different. whether you're a U.S. citizen. They just let yeah. you vote, register to vote. It doesn't matter. Nevada's no different. My state with the madness in Nevada – 
they passed a law, Democrat legislature passed a law, and it basically says that anybody in the whole world, anybody and everybody gets a mail-in ballot. You never have to request it. You never have to give an excuse. I'm going out of town. I'm sick. I'm crippled. I'm disabled. Nothing. And they just mail out, if there's right. 1.5 million registered voters, they mail out 1.5 million ballots. And no one has any idea where they go. People walk into apartment buildings, and there's a thousand of them on the floor lying around. And, and this is what's going on in Nevada. No one has any accountability for one ballot, let alone 1.5 million of them. So if you think, you know, with no voter ID, if you don't think there's voter fraud, massive voter fraud, you're living in a dream world, you know? Well, the, the state um, next door to your home there, my friend, uh, in, in Arizona has been a scandal. Yes. Um, and people know it, too. I think most people in Arizona and the country realize that the current governor of Arizona is a fake. Right. Illegitimately elected. Yeah. But the big There's problem no... is the Republican Party. The Republican Party has all kinds of leaders that don't ever say a word about this because they're complicit, mm -hmm. clearly. And I'm a lifelong mm -hmm. Republican and I refuse to leave the party. It's my party. I've been in it since I was three years old. Literally. I'm not joking. My dad was the founder of the New York State Conservative Party. I mean, he was one of about 20 people that founded it, but he was one of the founders of the New York State Conservative Party. So at the age of three, he had me handing out literature for Barry Goldwater at train stations and apartment buildings uh, in supermarkets in Mount Vernon, New York, on the Bronx borderline. So I've been a Republican since I'm three, and next week I turn 62. So I've been a Republican for almost 60 years. And I'm telling you, my party is complicit with the Democrats. They're all paid off. And I've seen it. Every politician I know that I personally know, when they retire after making 100000 a year, 150000 a year, somehow they retire to a $10 million mansion. Can anyone explain yeah. why that's happening? They're all right. corrupt. Both parties are on the take, and they're all getting paid, whether it's by China, whether it's by the Mexican drug cartel to keep the border open, or whether it's by Big Pharma to lie about the vaccine deaths. There's so much money being given to politicians under the table. It's just a world of corruption. We don't realize that we're a third world nation. We're as bad as Zimbabwe. We are completely corrupt. They're all bought and paid for. Right. I couldn't agree with you more, Wayne. And what I like about you is that you're honest about it, and that's the forefront of it. How can we, cause how can we reform our electoral system and have an honest government when the elections are all rigged? It's well, the only, the, you know, the only answer I've come up with, by the way, kind of a creative answer, is that we as the public need to demand all the politicians take lie detector tests at least once a year. And before you think I'm crazy, do you realize we make Navy SEALs take lie detector tests all the time, randomly? And if they fail the lie detector test, they're kicked out of the Navy SEALs. The government treats it like it's, uh, you know, like it's real. So you can't say, oh, it's not admissible in court. The government doesn't care if a Navy SEAL answers a question and shows he's lying. They kick you out of the Navy SEALs or certainly they suspend you from the Navy SEALs. Why can't we demand the politicians take lie detector tests? And I want them to be asked under oath and in front of a camera, you know, with the video rolling so that the people can watch their answers. Are you taking payoffs? Are you on the payroll of China? Are you on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party? Are you on the payroll of the Mexican drug cartel? Are you on the payroll of Pfizer or Big Pharma? And I think if you ask those questions and, and they answered honestly, and the lie detector could tell you that, 
we would be able to save this country. We use lie detectors and term limits. And I think there's an elect Trump again in 2024. I think there's still a window to save America, but it's closing very fast. Yeah, I agree with you completely, uh, Wayne, on that. Uh, I know in Washington State, which I'm, I grew up in and I follow politics there, we've had uh, the same governor for, uh, gosh, over two terms now, over eight years, um, Inslee. And during the last election in 2020, he gave one campaign speech where he was booed off the stage to everybody, hated him. But yet he still won um, 66.6% of the vote. Right. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it's happening. I believe they've got the machines rigged and they've got the mail-in ballots rigged. They got no voter ID. So you have no idea who anybody is. It's so funny because my wife is a very, is very funny, smart gal. And when we go to vote here in Las Vegas, she loves the minute we sit down to vote, the girl across from us, it's always, uh, almost always a woman who's uh, one of the election workers. They always say, what's your name? And she always says, well, here's my ID. And my wife takes her driver's license out of her wallet or pocketbook and gives it to the gal. And you should see the reaction of the women. They're election workers. And they go, no, no, we don't want it. Put it back. Get rid of it. They're so scared of an ID that it's like it's a grenade. It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. It shows you what a fraud the system is. You're afraid of an ID? Why would anyone be afraid of an ID, except you know it's how they're stealing elections? Years ago, years ago uh, let me tell you a fun fact. I used to do immigration law, and um, I knew of clients, and there were regularly known places where you could buy um, a fake green card, a fake driver's license. Um, I don't know about a passport, but you could get all kinds of different IDs easily for 80, 90 bucks. That was the standard price, and they were very good replicates of it, too. Yeah. And so... If, if if it's so it's easy if you've got a fake ID, you can just register and no problem. Yeah, well, don't forget, you don't need a fake ID in Nevada and eight. I think it's 18 other states. I believe there's 19 states in America where all illegals are allowed to get a driver's license. And once you get a driver's license, you're you're registered to vote in my state. It's automatic in some states. As long as you ask, they must give it to you in my state, Nevada. You don't even have to ask. They automatically register you to vote. So who needs a fake ID anymore when you get a real one? <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you one other funny, crazy story. Do you know in Washington, D.C., they're now allowing illegal aliens to be police officers? Did you know that? Oh, where's this again? Sorry. Where's Was- this? Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. D.C. Re- really? Yes. Oh and in California, I think you could do it, too. But I just saw the article that in D.C., they're now allowing that. And I'm just going to tell you how funny it is. That if I ask a Mexican in America or any other race, but let's just use Mexican person as an example, a person of Mexican descent. If I ask you for your driver's license or your ID and I'm a cop, they say, what a racist, what a terrible thing to do. Now you can have Mexican cops in America who aren't legal citizens asking me for my ID. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's crazy. Well, I'll, 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 I'll take that one step further. Uh, the Democrats um, had um, uh, 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 some, some uh, uh, illegals run for office, and one of them won in Thurston County, the commissioner there. She doesn't have any papers. She ran and, and won, and she's one of the county commissioners in the office. And it's taboo to even talk about it or raise it in the local press, but she doesn't have any legal status. She's not even supposed to be there. I mean, it's just it gets to the height of uh, ludicrousy. 
everybody knows what's going on. I remember, I can't remember his name now, but I remember the guy who was the, he was a man of Mexican descent and he was the head of the state Senate in California. And this is just going back three or four years. I just, his name is, I, I, yeah. I remember him. Actually, I do remember. I, remember, I, I think he's in higher him. office now. I think he might be the secretary of state or the lieutenant governor of California. But I right. remember he was the head of the state Senate. And, and he literally said, like, matter of factly in public, you know, inside the Senate, he gave a speech and he said, all my relatives, and I have a 100 of them in the United States, they've all got driver's license. They're all voting. They're all from Mexico. Not one of them's legal. He said that matter of factly, like it's no big deal. But I knew it anyway. I know what's going on. I see it every day in Las Vegas. They're all voting. Illegal aliens are the difference in so many close elections all across this country. I would say California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, my state of Nevada, Colorado, Utah, tons of illegals. And they're making the difference in various elections. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess that's why your work is so important, because if we don't have control over our elections, we don't have control over who we elect. And therefore, we don't have control over our country. Right. Well, look at what happened in 2020. If you... If you agree with me, and I understand there's disagreement uh, but with Democrats, obviously, and even some rhino Republicans. But to me, I'm a smart guy, and it's clear to me the election was absolutely stolen. You'd need a three-hour show for me to lay out all the ways it was stolen. But I'm telling you, it was rigged and stolen. And the result of it is you have an illegitimate president who, from the day he got in, opened the border and let millions in. So we That's never funny. have to steal a future election. From now on. They don't even have to rig elections with mail-in ballots and no voter ID because they've let in 10 million illegals. And by Election Day next year, it might be 20 million. So they've stolen the entire country with one rigged election. Right. Exactly. That's you're you are hitting it spot on, Wayne. Absolutely. 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 Do you think the American people are going to get fed up one day and take take the power back? Well, I, I, listen, I know they're already fed up. That I know. But it doesn't right. matter if elections are rigged. I think if elections were honest, Trump would win in a massive landslide in, in November of 2024. But right. it won't matter if Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Wisconsin are rigged. And each one of those is won by a few thousand votes by Democrats. We lose again. So I don't know right. what the American people are going to do. I think the American people are ready for a revolution. Maybe even a violent right. one. I'm not for it, by the way. Don't let me, don't let the media quote me and try to take my shows away because they'll say, wait, sure. it's for a revolution. I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm saying yeah. I think the people are ready for it. And that's right. why January 6th happened. The Democrats set up Republicans on January 6th with FBI informants and undercover FBI agents and Antifa dressed as Trumpers. And they took a totally peaceful rally. Not one Trump voter was there to cause any violent trouble. Not one Trump voter brought a gun or weapons and they turned it into a riot and they blamed us for it. And now they're trying to put everybody in jail for years and years, no bail, rotten prison. And then when they sentence you, it's in Washington, D.C. And a corrupt judge and a corrupt jury put you in jail for 10 years for nothing. And that's why they did it, to scare us all, to never be out protesting again and to never even think of a revolution, because if they put you in jail for 10 years for nothing, for a peaceful protest, can you imagine what they do to you if we actually ever got slightly violent? 
They wanted to intimidate us. And trust me, it worked. Nobody wants to protest anymore. They're all scared. They'll leave for a little protest and they won't come home to their family for years. And they'll right. rot in a prison cell. I couldn't agree with you. I agree with you. A hundred thousand percent there, Wayne. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there are indications as well that um, Biden actually died between two to nine years ago. And Look, I don't know. That's a... one thing I don't know. But I hear things like that all the time. I have no idea. Yeah, now, I try right. and only talk about the things I know. I don't sure. know whether okay. Biden's alive, dead. You know, to me, he's standing in front of me and he's and he's got dementia and he's a complete moron and he wears masks and diapers. To me, he's a total fraud and he's a he's a puppet. To me, the president of the United States is Barack Obama. I believe it's always been Obama. This is the third term of Obama. He spied on Trump. He gave the information to Hillary. He thought he'd beaten Trump because he spied on him and knew everything Trump was going to do and say. That's such a crime. It's called treason. And Obama should be in prison for the rest of his life. And, and then Trump won and shocked him. And they spent four years preparing, trying to destroy Trump with impeachments and, and try to frame Trump and destroy him. And then they spent four years making sure that he'd never be reelected again. And they'd rig and steal the election. And once in, it's now Obama running the country again. And he's moving much faster than when he was president because he knows he doesn't have any time to spare. He's got to get the job done of destroying this country pretty quickly because he doesn't want to take a chance that Trump might beat him again and beat the rig again. So this is all Obama. Biden's not really there. He's there. If he is there, he's there as a dumb puppet with no brains who gets lost on the stage and trips on the stairs. So it, it's Obama. It's all Obama. You know, you make total sense on that, Wayne. It's really an extension of his last term. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Well, I, I think the American people are fed up totally. Most people want a new government. Most people realize Biden's fake. Um, I guess uh, there's a certain amount of inertia in the country, though. You know what I mean? A certain amount of trusting, even government, even with today, with all the corruption you see, um, it's um, it's troubling for me. I, you know, you look at France and they've been right. I'm not advocating riots in the streets, but that's what they've been doing for the past two years is rioting almost every day in every city and uh, village in, 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 in France, including Paris. And uh, maybe we need more of that here. I don't know. I'm not advocating well, I, you violence. Know, you know what the problem is? It doesn't get him anywhere. Has it changed anything? They still have Macron as their president. He's a globalist. He's a World Economic Forum guy. He does all the same things that Obama slash, Bi slash Biden does. It doesn't even get him anywhere. You need to vote these people out of office. That's the only way to do it. Violence doesn't work. But you can't vote them out of office if it's rigged. So it seems like they've got a two-headed coin. You know, they win if it's tails, they win if it's heads. We can't win. That's the problem. Sometimes you overcome the rig. I know in Nevada, we lost every office in the midterms. Everything you could lose, we lost, except well, the governor and the lieutenant governor. Somehow, some way, we elected a Republican governor and a Republican lieutenant governor, even after six or seven days of counting ballots after the election. They made it closer each day, but they couldn't overcome the leads of our Republican governor, lieutenant governor. We lost everything else. I think that's proof that even though they rig things the best they can, it's not a lock. We can overcome the rigging if you bring out enough people for a specific candidate. So to me, that's the example for Trump. It's rigged, but he can beat the rig if he brings out enough people, just like Joe Lombardo did in Nevada in 2022. You know what I like about you, Wayne, is that you give people hope and concrete suggestions what they can do. There rather has than to be hope. 
<laughs> there has to be. If there's no hope, I'm going to want to blow my brains out, and so are you. So I, there has to be hope. <laughs> I try and find rays of hope. You're right. I tell yeah. them the truth about how bad things are, and then I give them hope. And that's what all my fans say. I get over 2,000 emails a, mu- a, a week. Excuse me, a week, not a month. Every week oh I get God. Yeah, 2,000 plus. I read them all. I can't answer them all, but I read every single one of them. And everybody says, Wayne, you you tell the truth, but you always leave us with hope. So I try my best because there has to be hope. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what my final hope is? God. I'm a big believer in God. And I'm a Jew to Christ as my Savior 32 years ago. And I believe in Jesus Christ. In the end, we're on the right side. In the end, God always wins. I believe we'll win this one in the end. Well, I, I know I, I'm not kidding when I say this. I've met Jesus. He's a beautiful soul, and he's behind you in your work and mine, Great. too. So um, I'm not just saying that, say that, by the way. But. I, I love it, and I like to hear it. Yeah, so I, I do believe in God. I know there's angels out there, too, and they're behind you, uh, Wayne. So, um, And one thing I like about you, you give people hope for the future, you know, not just all doom and gloom. Um, I mean, you have to know about what the negatives are. I, I, I think this is a watershed year, though, and people have to stand up for their rights. They just can't let back and let everybody else do it. Right. No, no. Listen, I can't argue with that. I mean, we're being trampled, trampled. And listen, my voice reaches millions somehow, but it should reach hundreds of millions, not just a million here or there, but tens of millions or hundreds of millions. And I can't get there because the media literally has suspended me, banned me, shadow banned me, censored me, silenced me. It's unbelievable. And at various times, the IRS has come after me and tried to destroy my life. So they use government to just destroy us and bankrupt us. It's a very sad situation. And they tried to kill us with these vaccines, which are deadly and poison, just pure right. poison. And now they want you to give them to your kids to go to school. I can't believe any parent would allow this. How could any parent not know? And you know what the answer is? The media has blanked it out, blacked it out. So nobody, the most average people still don't know that the vaccine is deadly. So they allow their kids to get the vaccine. You know what that is? Crimes against humanity. It's mass murder. It's awful what's happening in America today. I agree with you 10,000%, my friend. I couldn't agree with you more. I've had my own issues regarding that same issue about um, censorship every time. I've, I've been talking about this same subject for years now. And I get shadow banned, too, um, but uh, I still continue. Um, I've had threats in my life. I still continue. I don't care. I know that, uh, you know, it's it's like it's it's in our DNA for justice and truth. You know, that's what the country Yes, Truth and justice, that's what America was founded on, right? Yeah, and you know how ludicrous it is? It's so obvious. They're not even shy about it. Uh, you know, I just interviewed President Trump, my 12th interview with the President of the United States, and I put out a tweet. I just interviewed President Trump. Here's the link to watch the TV interview with President Trump. And I got like six people read it and no comments. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's impossible. I got 120,000 followers at Twitter and I just announced I was sitting with President Trump and nobody cares, really. Not one Well, person. I care. I'll comment on it. <laughs> it's incredible what liars they are, what cheats they are, what frauds they are on the left and the deep state and the D.C. swamp and the Democrat Party, and all of them are communists. It's one big communist takeover of the United States. And what's the hallmark of communism? To silence your opposition. 
and jail your political opponents. And it's happening, folks, right in front of you right now. Yeah, it couldn't be more obvious, actually. They couldn't even make it more obvious, could they? No, no, couldn't be more obvious. And one more example of what's happening to me. So I'll put out a tweet or a Facebook post and it'll be read by like six people and, and zero comments or one comment. And then one of my fans takes the same post that I put out and retweets it. And instead of 120,000 fans like I have, this fan has like 300 fans. And they get more people reading it and reacting than I do. So it's, it's just they're, they're, they're focusing their guns on me. There's no question about it. They're trying to make sure nobody can hear what I say. And obviously they're failing because last night I went to a party, not a political party, uh, you know, a concert basically at the Italian American Club of Las Vegas. It was their 20th anniversary. And I went with my wife and the entire place went wild. Like, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra walked in and it was me. Everyone believes I'm a celebrity. Everybody knows me. They like me. They listen to me. They watch me. How's that possible? Even though I'm being terribly banned, the people find ways. They find ways to see the truth. They find ways to watch someone who tells them the truth, despite well, the banning. That's true. And 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 on today's show, it eventually will reach 2.3 billion. That's what I my guides tell me, and I got go. ways to prove it too. I got statistics, so I'm not worried. You know, I know the truth gets out there. And as long as the truth gets out there, I, I know God is stronger. The white light's stronger than the dark. Right. And you just got to keep plugging away, you know? And that's that's what sustains me, like you too. Yeah, um, you, you know the lesson I learned as a kid? I, I, I have a mentor of, of uh, about 35 years, and then he retired. Now he's, I don't know, he's about 80 years old, and he's retired in Texas, and, and he's gone now. But all those years, he was always my partner in business, or he was the president of my companies, and I was the CEO. And he always was my mentor who taught me about life about uh, 20 years older than me and he always said for me to see life like i'm a pilot on an airplane and the plane is going down and we're all gonna die and he said you can panic and scream and say oh my god we're gonna die and then you're dead but if you remain calm and you look at the instrument panel and you check every single switch on the panel and you click on and off on and off on and off while it's going down, while you're about to die, you're calmly checking every single switch. You find the right one and you pull the plane out of the dive and you save everyone's life. But if you panic, you're all dead. So I see life as I'm a pilot and I've just got to remain calm and keep fighting relentlessly and keep attacking. And no matter how bad it looks, I'll keep attacking till the plane hits the ground and we all die. I'll be attacking to the last millisecond before the plane hits the ground. That's my philosophy in life. I couldn't agree with you more. What a great analogy. You know, what a great analogy. Why is um, my mentor? Brilliant guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great analogy. What was his name again? Sorry. I, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to give the name out on national TV. Who knows? You know, who oh, okay, would, want to, okay, who would want to hurt the guy or because he's Wayne Root's friend. I don't I don't give out any names anymore because just to know Wayne Root means you're going to get banned, suspended, shadow banned or lose your job. So I don't mention names anymore. <laughs> OK, that's fine, Wayne. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's totally fine. Um, when um, some people write about that, we have justice within our DNA. That everyone has like a justice gene. And I think you've certainly got it there. And also a sense of right and wrong as well. 
Well, you know, I'm an SOB, son of a butcher, right? And I, I'm a someone who really believes that blue-collar people are salt of the earth. Blue-collar Americans are the greatest people on the planet Earth. And they really have great morals. It's the rich people that have no morals. The richest people I know are just slime balls and scumbags. And they steal, you know, they, they cheat their own mother to make an extra $5. Forget rich yeah. people. And rich people are all Democrats. Show me a person with a private jet. Democrat every time. Show me a person with all the money in the world to never work again. Democrat every time. But show me a middle-class person, always Republican, 90% of the time, Republican, salt of the earth. And they've got morals. They know right from wrong. My dad knew right from wrong, and he always taught me right from wrong. And I will always tell the raw truth, no matter who it hurts, no matter who it offends, I tell the raw truth on national TV and radio. And people go, how do you do that? I can't believe you said that. And I say, it's the truth. I, if it's the truth, I say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wayne, my producer, uh, is loving your show so much. He'd like to say a few words, if it's okay. Sure. Yeah. Don, come on in, my friend. Well, thank you, Wayne. This is Don, Donald Newsom. I'm actually the founder and uh, president of the uh, corporation, BBS Network. Hey, Don. And it, it's a pleasure. I, we've had you on before. And I love you then, and I love you now. And, uh, <laughs> you. and I think the main reason is is because you follow along a similar ideology as I do, and that is the ends does not justify the means. And right. even, even if the end result is that we're going to see some empire building where we're all going to be put under some communist Marxist control system, even if that is the outcome that wouldn't matter as to what I'm going to do in the next minute or next day. It just wouldn't matter. I'm going to continue doing exactly what I do regardless of the ends because most of these people, especially these depopulationists, they justify everything, all the evils they do, um, you know, just for the result that they selfishly want or that many selfishly want. And if they would just start to realize they just have to keep their chin up, their head held high, be honest, have integrity, have some morals, and do the right thing regardless of what's around the next corner. And so I I feel that in you, and I appreciate you. Thank you truly, truly for coming on this network and saying your piece. I hope you do it more often. I truly do. Thank you. Ted, back to you. Thank you, Don. <laughs> well, you know, I've heard about you for years, um, uh, Wayne, and then uh, um, a, a good. Uh, then I got a recommendation, um, and uh, I'm so glad you could come on today. And I want to thank Sandy so much for uh, your publicist for for bringing you on. We've got about ten minutes left, and um, if you were king, okay, you were suddenly appointed king of the United States. Um, in a good way, um, in a leadership position, what's the first thing you would do? Well, you know, the reason I wrote the Great Patriot Bicot book is I love the patriots and the Christians and the conservatives and the people of faith and the people who love America who run corporations and businesses, and we should only spend our money with them. We should build a parallel economy, a parallel ecosystem. So, I mean, I'm really focused on woke. I think woke is a poison that's destroying our whole society, it's destroying our military. 
It's destroying the kids in school. It's destroying the government. We've got to get woke out of our uh, lexicon. It's ridiculous. Woke is poison. You don't hire someone because they're black. That's the same as not hiring them because they're black. Two wrongs don't make a right. I, right. I don't believe in ESG. I don't believe in, what is it, EIN? Whatever it is, all these numbers that represent diversity and inclusion and equity and, and social justice and, and climate change, environmental governance. It's all, can I say the word bull, the right word? Can I say that on your yeah, thing? Yeah. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can say up to 50 words per hour. Uh, swear yes, words it's per bullshit. Hour. Uh, you can't run a country based on that bullshit. It doesn't work. And it's the reason banks are failing. It's the reason everyone and everything that's failing is failing because instead of hiring the best person for the job, they hired someone just because they were black or Hispanic or gay or transgender or a woman. Right now, it's almost illegal in America to be a white, straight male. This is insane. You can't run a country like that. If hatred's no good against blacks, why is hatred okay against whites? It just doesn't make sense. If you're allowed to say, you know, black lives matter, how come I can't say white lives matter too? You know, as if that's racism or extremism or it makes me a member of the KKK. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. All lives matter. Black lives absolutely matter. But if black lives matter worked, then how do you explain all the biggest cities filled with majority minority populations are killing fields and the blacks are killing the blacks. It's a black genocide and black lives matter. Doesn't say anything. If 10 black kids die today in Chicago, there is no BLM protest. Why? Why is there only a protest of one white cop somewhere once a year shoots a black kid? How is that a protest? But every hour of every day, 10 black people are shooting 10 black people, nice black people on the streets of Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore. And nobody says a thing. The country doesn't work anymore because of woke. Afraid to say what I'm saying because I'm telling the truth. Well, I I couldn't agree with you more, Wayne. You know, uh, last weekend on my show, I commented on this. The new Joint Chiefs of Staff appointed by uh, Biden or whatever, whatever, whoever he is. um, uh, He said that... um, we're gonna we're going to uh, hire uh, new uh, new officers for the Joint Chiefs of Staff based upon wokeness, Terrible. and if they're not qualified, then they'll train, right? So we if we if we got into World War III, I guess they'll train while we're in the middle of battle. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you know what the greatest examples are of, of the failure of this social justice affirmative uh, affirmative action lie. The greatest example would be the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. She got her job obviously because she's a black woman. She's not really even black. She's Jamaican and Indian. She's not American black, but mm-hmm. she she appears to be black. She's treated like she's black. So they put her on the ticket because she's black and a woman. She is the single dumbest human being and has nothing to do with the color of her skin. There's nothing I'm saying that's racist. She's an idiot. She's a moron. Yeah. She cackles like a complete moron. She never says anything that makes any sense. There is no level of intelligence of any kind. They hired her because she's black. She's one breath away from being president of the United States. Joe Biden could drop dead five minutes from now. He's an he's a, a incapacitated old man. He's, he's just got no chance to be alive five years from now. So he's going to drop dead tomorrow, 
the day after, a month from now, she would be president of the United States. I fear that. That's an example of affirmative action failing. And then Mayor Pete Buttigieg, I was laughing at his name. Mayor Pete Butthead, the transportation secretary, he got his job because he's gay. I have nothing against gay people, but you can't hire someone when their only attribute is they're gay. He doesn't have to run the transportation of America. So the airports are screwed. The planes are late. The planes don't take off. The trains are crashing. The ports are backed up and there's no supply chain. It's dysfunctional. All under Mayor Pete because you hired someone just because he's gay. You can't run a country like this. And you right. certainly can't run the military based on being gay, black, or Latino, or a woman. You need people that are good. And if they happen to be gay, black, Latino, or a woman, great, I cheer it. But if they aren't, you can't hire them. Yeah, it should be done on merit. That's the that's the that's system I grew up on. I mean, you know. Well, um, Wayne, uh, you, you have such good common sense, and I feel such an honor to have you on today, my friend. We've got about four minutes left, and um, if, you're, um, if, if, if you're listening out there, what would you, uh, what you recommend people to do to make the world a better place? Stand up for your rights? Yeah, I mean, again, I hate to come back to my book, but the Great Patriot Boycott book, and before that, the Great Patriot Boycott book, but use your money, your wallet, and your pocketbook. We are the silent majority. Now, I think that's bad. We should be the loud majority. It's time for us to speak out and say all these things are bad and say it out loud. Don't be afraid. Like the gay, the gay population says, loud and proud. Conservatives need to be loud and proud. But we are the majority, no question. And we do most of the consumer spending. So we can bankrupt all the woke companies and we can reward and make rich all the good guys like Mike Lindell or another company I support uh, is called greatpatriotstore.com. And it's got all the products Amazon has and all the products that you find in a department store or at Lowe's or Home Depot or Costco or Walmart. And yet it's run by conservatives, Christians and patriots and all the products are a huge discount because there's no middleman. You buy it online, greatpatriotstore.com. So my point is, there's great companies out there. Spend your money with the great companies and stop spending cold today with all the bad companies. And we could change this country and turn the ship around. Yeah, I agree totally. And I appreciate your, your inspiration to people because a lot of people are kind of lost. They don't know what to do. You know, I mean, they vote, but if their votes meaningless or rigged, right. what, what difference does it make? Right. I get it. I understand why they're hopeless and lost because I, I seem to have a lot of answers. And even sometimes I'm hopeless and lost. It's right. pretty bad. It really is. But I keep coming up with new answers because there's always a solution. If you meditate, you pray, you work out hard, and you think about it. An answer always comes to me. And there's always an answer as the plane is going down. I'm the pilot. and I'm telling you, I'm looking at every switch and I got to save everybody. And that's how I look at life. And there's always an answer. We can still win this thing, but the window's closing and the opening is really small. You got to understand how, how perilous this moment is. Enjoy your early off. Well, I, I agree with you, Wayne. Could you give out your website again, please, so people sure. can write it down and find out more, more information and support your work? Sure. Rootforamerica.com. I'm Wayne Root, like tree root, R-O-O-T, rootforamerica.com. 
And you'll find my TV shows, my radio shows, my podcasts, my newspaper columns. Everything is at rootforamerica.com. And you go join my list when you get there. It immediately shows you to join my list. And I send you my columns every week and my TV show every week. All of that is there when you go to rootforamerica.com. And the book is the great Patriot Bicot book, number one bestseller, endorsed by President Donald J. Trump. Grab a copy, 128 great companies to spend your money with and stop spending with the bad guys. Wonderful. Wayne, you know, I, I love talking to you today. I, um, I, I promise next time I have you on my show, I'll be, I'll be in a, a, a a better place, but it's been a good, it's been good in this, in the coffee shop where I am, but you know, the best I can when I'm traveling. Um, would you like to come on next month or September? Yeah, yeah. Just, just call Sandy. We'll set it up. Okay. Great. Great. She's my gal well, for I just, 20 years. She's not wonderful for 20 years. Don, would you, do you have any last comments on for, for, for Wayne? Um, no, no, I just thought, uh, it was a fantastic interview and I'll make sure to, uh, plug your website and post that into the podcast episode details. And again, keep doing what you're doing, which is always the next right thing. So thank you. Thank you, Don. Okay, Wayne. Well, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been fun and, uh, I'll have you on next month too. I'll get a hold of Sandy, give her a call and we'll, we'll set it up. God bless you. God bless America and, and root for America. That's the website. And that's what I do all day. I root for America. Rootforamerica.com. Bye-bye. Great. Thanks. Thanks so much, Wayne. It was wonderful to have you. Um, my next interview is one I did a couple of years ago with uh, uh, Matthias Di Stefano. He's a fellow from Argentina. He's about uh, 29, 30 years old. And he has detailed me- memories of what life was like in Atlantis 15,000 years ago including um, uh, including uh, water-based computers, which is absolutely fascinating. Back from um, uh, back in the in uh, it was about uh, ten years ago or so I had a I had a television show um, and um, I discovered I rediscovered some of those episodes and this is one that I wanted to play today because of the concerns Atlantis and the way the way they used to live. Um, he has very detailed memories of his life during that time, about 15,000 years ago. This is my new fourth book I'm writing now about what lessons we can learn from Atlantis and how we can structure our society with the help of the Telosians and Adama and the Pleiadians to create a beautiful and happy planet. Anyway, Don, if we could play that, it's 28 minutes long. And then after that, um, oh, my pleasure, Don. I'm so glad you could, you could, you could add your opinions on it. It's always good to talk to you. Um, uh, after this interview is a fundraiser we're having, um, we're having to, uh, help the Hopi Indians. So, um, uh, with clean water. So I'll come on in, in about 28 minutes, briefly introduce, uh, the segment and then, um, um, and then, uh, then we'll run, run the second segment after that. So we can play this segment. Now I'll come in at the end. It's 28 minutes long. Hope you enjoy it, my friends. It was, uh, taped a couple of years ago. This is Ted Marr, 
from Out of This World Television, broadcasting live from Thurston, uh, Thurston Community Media here in Olympia, Washington, just south of Seattle in the United States. And we have a wonderful interview today with a gentleman named Matias Gustavo Di Stefano coming to us live from Argentina. Uh, Matias is a very interesting young man who has past life memories of Atlantis and what it was like to live there. So um, I, I, I'm so happy he could come on the show today. And Matias, welcome to Out of This World Television. Hi, thank you for uh, for sharing. <laughs> My pleasure, Matthias. You're an interesting ge- gentleman, and I'm so happy you could come on the show today. You, you, um, when I met you in August in the Dominican Republic, I remember this, the the presentation that you gave about what life was like in Atlantis. That's just amazing. Could you share a little bit about that with my uh, viewers around the world, please? Yes. Uh, well, I, I will try to do my best in English okay. <laughs> because it's not my first language. Okay. So, um, uh, yes, I, I start what, what I do. I, um, I started by my memories in other lives, in other times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, used to, I used to remember... Lots of histories from when I was three years old, ten years old, twelve years old. I start to remember many records, not only mine, but also uh, records from humanity and the thoughts for, uh, of Earth. Um, I start to feel the planet as a being, and I start to feel part of her as as a neuron, as part of of the conscious network of the planet. So I could access some to some um, memories of the planet. And I start to remember many of my lives and many of, of my um, my issues in other lives, uh, which I brought to this present uh, in order to finish what I couldn't finish in that time. And also what we all as humanity uh, left behind and, and we forgot how to do it. So um, yes, all all the memories I I have mostly are from the time in between Atlantis and another country, which was in in the River Nile in Egypt. Um, I used to live more in Egypt than in Atlantis, but my grand grandfathers were from from the island in that time. Wow. How long ago were you living in Atlantis, Matthias? Approximately, do you remember? Like uh, 15,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I start to have memories of Atlantis from the time it started, uh, like 30,000 years ago. Um, it was like um, the, the time where Atlantis used to ride donkeys, not, not spaceships. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, we, we started like a a small civilization in small islands in the Atlantic Ocean, and um, they they were ruled by twelve families. Uh, the families were trying to hold the, the the control of society, but not in a in a bad way. They were trying to help us to evolve in in such a way uh, that that we could access to the knowledge of the universe. Um, more more quick than others mm-hmm. so um, so uh, all the system was ruled by women at that time mm-hmm. and women women were 
were trying to hold us all as a family. The um, the we, we call the the, um, the government were what's called the Dasnai, and Dasnai means family. So there were families who used to rule in that time, and women were the the, the presidents, the, the the leaders at that time, the priests also. Wow, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. How did, uh, why did Atlantis end? What happened at the end, uh, uh, Matthias? Well, Atlantis has a long story, and uh, the purpose of the civilization was to um, help humanity rise as a, as a race, as an important race, uh, that could represent our system, as our solar system, as one of the most important. So we were rise since we were kids in that civilization to be the best, to be um, the ones that could integrate the whole history. And they they taught us that if we are, if we were united, uh, it would be better. But the problem we had was that some people thought that. United meant uh, together, and it's not the same. To be to be united, you you, you don't need to be together. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be one country and one culture. Mm-hmm. But some people, some families in Atlantis, start to think about that um, if we all got separated in the world and every one of us uh, keep following one one step, different steps. Mm-hmm. different paths in our lives, mm-hmm. in our cultures, in our societies, and in our evolving uh, life, um, that would be wrong for the evolution. So um, when many countries start to separate from Atlantis and, and, and the civilization start to spread all over the world, um, there, there were some people that... that, that Wanted to take control of the whole network, the, mm-hmm. of the of every human. Mm-hmm. So that moment when they did it, um, the whole the entire civilization start to fight one each other because we start to wonder why they want to to uh, to rule over every one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the families start to fight each other and and they separate. And they left Atlantis people alone. So when that happened, they start to control the network. They created a big network around the world with pyramids, um, with stones all over the planet. Um, that that was like the uh, I call it like the internet of that time. Um, they accesses to, to the to the universe information through the magnetical lines and the sound of the planet through stones through. Uh, uh, through architecture and singing. So um, uh, when they used this system to control everybody, to control the thoughts, the thinking of humanity, they start to, to, to share the thinking of, of fear. And when, when we started to, to be afraid of, of everything, um, we started to fight each other. So Atlantis started to to end in a social way. They start to fail as a civilization. Mm-hmm. And 
and they consume the network of the planet so much that uh, there was a, a weather change around the planet and uh, the planet was trying to adjust to to this uh, to this new calibration of of the entire way of thinking of the planet. So um, in by doing this, uh, there, there was a shift in the poles. So because um, when when you start to to think different, the planets start to think different, and when the planets start to think different, you start to think different. And in our bodies, this is magnetical. So when the North Pole starts to change because we start to think in different ways, uh, the whole planet starts to have a, a weather change too. Uh, so Atlantis end. But um, this is this is the the last part of the fall. It's, it's not the, the the main one, you know. Uh, I, it, it was a social problem. Um, that end up with civilization. I have to ask you a lot of questions. A lot of questions you've just raised. When Atlantis was at its peak, was the temperature the when, same throughout the planet? When, it, when, when what? It, when, when Atlantis was at its peak, before it had troubles, was the weather the same throughout the whole planet? I was. I read somewhere that it was the same. That they didn't have four seasons. There was just kind of like a, a early summer or spring-like weather during the whole uh, whole year. Um, well, the the thing is that during Atlantis uh, period, there was um, uh, an ice age, uh, kind of ice age. So there was not big summer and there was not big um, um, winter. Uh, that's why the most of the civilizations were in the center of the planet. They they were in the like here. Oh yeah, along <laughs> like, the equator. Yeah. Yeah, all the equator because um, it was difficult to go north and south mm -hmm. uh, because the weather was better in the middle. I see. So it was kind of of um, it was not a difference um, in between many countries about the temperature and. Because of of the of this um, uh, harmonic weather, because of the, glaci uh, the glaciation. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How was water used? Was water used as as a memory device to keep records? Yeah. Me uh, the water was like the library uh, of that time. Wow. Uh, water and also um, crystals. Um, and Ice, they they well water in many shapes um, because um, water. But uh, they they knew that water was the first life being in the universe. Mm -hmm. So water has the the main records of the whole planet. Wow. So uh, and even the universe because water is not from Earth. Water is the floating. And going around the whole universe, so um, it gets the, the information from every planet, every sun, and and now uh, we are water in consciousness. Uh -huh. So wow. um, yeah, it, it got evolved. So at that time, they used water and they and they used uh, crystals to um, to record information, to bring information from one part to another. Um, they 
they used to sing to the water. Um, every every pyramid and every temple they had water within. So um, inside in, in the main chamber they had places with water, so they could sing and the water would would uh, record the whole information. And the same water because it was connected as a as an only one body around the around the whole planet. Hmm. Every priest, every um, shaman, every people who was singing to the water, if you have someone that knows how to read it, so the whole information starts to be in one. So they went to the to this kind of libraries of water and they read the information just by drinking the water or reading it, by looking at looking at it or 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 wow. singing at it. Wow. Um, so uh, that's why they they don't use much writings at that time. That's why in the in the ancient in the ancient temples you could see all over the world that are not Egyptian are not mm, from Babylonia. Um, the the ancient ones, the bigger ones that nobody knows how they put it there. Um, uh, they in that time they use another kind of recordings, not the writings. That's why you don't have hieroglyphics, you don't have letters, you don't have Nothing from that time, only only plain stones. The memory of Atlantis and that information, is that contained on the water on this planet and specifically in the oceans of this planet now? Can that be if accessed? The, it, oh yeah. There are there are special places where you could access to this information, but right now it's everywhere because the water is just is not anymore in just one place uh, and special place like they did before. Sure. Um, so that water is all around, uh, is mixed. So the information is everywhere, but uh, it is uh, the information you can keep in the water is like uh, like if you got inside a, a library where nobody got inside to read the books in thousands of years. So maybe pages are yellow, you cannot read it, or they, it's, it's a mess because uh, all the books are in the floor and you, you don't know which goes first and sure. which goes later. So sure. uh, right now it's like kind of a mess of information. I see. And, and if you are one that are capable to read one of those books, you became a channel... Uh, of this information, you know, uh, another one, get some other pages of that information, and and now it's like a mess because you have yeah. a lot of people yeah. reading books or chapters of the same book, and, right. but they don't know that they are the same book, you know, it's, right. it's kind of, yeah, that's why we, we, at this time, this age, the 21st century, um, we have much information that our, that then we are capable to understand. I see. I see. Interesting. Would computers back in Atlantean times, um, did they have computers and were they were they organic computers based upon water? Water functioned as a as a medium, didn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, as I said, this this kind of computers were water and crystal. Water, yeah. water crystals. In order, in order to, in order to have um, 
axis. Oh, sorry. There's a big noise outside. That's okay. Um, um, in order to have uh, a right information and not just a part of the information, they have to build geometrically the the um, devices to um, to bring the exactly information in that water on in or in that body. I so see. that's why why they build exactly. Uh, precise um, temples and chambers and all this kind of um, architecture from the, from the past, they were like computers. I see. Fascinating. Uh, I, I have to ask you this question. I, I'm a psychic. I believe in reincarnation. Uh, from your experience, Matthias, many of the spirits who were around during the Atlantean times, like yourself, have they come back again to... Mm-hmm to kind of maybe make this planet a better place? Um, I'd love your thoughts on that. Well, um, the, the main project, uh, the project of humanity started in Orion, the constellation of Orion. Um, and w- many of us, we were from many of other systems uh, of this galaxy, and we all were were brought here to this planet to create mm-hmm. humanity. Uh, so one of the first humanity we created was uh, Atlantis. Uh, we call it the Hef. Um And the, the Atlantis, um, or Kef, uh, it, um, it was meant to be a civilization to bring order and consciousness to a planet that was trying to help the whole galaxy to evolve. But the problem was that because of this kind of belief that we had to be all together and all these kind of problems we had at that time, um, everybody, everybody, sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Everybody start to, 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 it was like a shock for everybody, you know, like, um, uh, like um, suddenly we couldn't we couldn't do what we were meant to be what we were meant to do, and and suddenly everybody was like shocked by fear, shocked by uh, not understanding what what was going on. So suddenly a lot of people from stars start to being burned once and again, once and again in this planet, waiting for the time that we all could. Um, be together again to reestablish what we couldn't do 15,000 years ago. Because um, the main problem was that we all stared and we didn't do anything. Um, So we are now trying to do something. Uh, So a lot of people from thousands of years that are around and they are born in again this time is because... We, we are on the uh, exactly time opposite of Atlantis. So this is the, the time in which we could, again, reestablish the network around the planet. That's why we have internet, we have computers. We, again, are globalized as a, as a humanity. Sure. Where we, we, again, can know what is happening in Japan. And we are talking, you in Seattle, me in Argentina, um, it's it's the, the the network is is getting 
dawn again. So, but we don't have the consciousness, and and we forgot. We we start to create the net, the network over the planet, but not within the planet, not with the planet. So uh, we are missing that part, and that's why a lot of people from Atlantis are going back, trying to 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 fix it or trying to do it uh, because we didn't do it before. I see. Interesting. What what kind of future do you see from your perspective, Matthias, for humanity on this planet? Do we have a bright future ahead of us? I think we do, but I wanted your opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, for the universe, uh, everything is like a, like waves or like a river. Uh, there is no bright future. There is no dark future. Um, it's only process. Um, the, it's always like a wave. Uh, the light, even light, needs waves to move. Um, it's not a straight line towards light or towards towards a, a, a future. Mm-hmm. Uh, even light needs a spiral to move. Um, even light uh, has uh, has a cycle to to accomplish to uh-huh. get to one point. So uh, it's. Uh, you cannot avoid uh, to go down and then up, down and up once and again, because going down is like taking the strength to jump up. I you know, see. so um, so I what I know, what I what I was receiving since I was a kid is that next years, um, probably the next twenty years, will be very difficult years for humanity. And Earth, um, it will be a very hard time because the whole pattern of consciousness will be uh, recreated again. Um, so we are about to reconnect with ourselves with the pattern of light. We are going to reestablish network again. But in order to do that, um, we have to to go through dark process in which we, we could see ourselves mm-hmm. how we really are and to understand that the system we have right now is just an expression an old expression of something we need a uh, long time ago but we don't need it anymore mm-hmm. so um, the next 20 years we will be living the fallen of this system. So uh, that would be hard for some people because um, we we are attached to this way of seeing reality. Mm-hmm. So um, everything in our lives, uh, maybe we have we are we have some addiction like smoking or something like that, and we know it's bad, but we, we keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, the system and the reality we have now is like smoking. You know, it's going to kill you. But right. you enjoy it, right? <laughs> so, wow. so um, what what we are going through right now is the moment that we realize that smoking is killing us, uh-huh. and um, and that's it. That that is a hard time because we are realizing that we have to stop smoking. Right. So in order to stop smoking, we start to eat much and we start to get fat and all this. 
process. Sure. So um, we yeah. are in this metabolism change uh, as humanity, uh, and it will be like a mess. So um, I I would not say it would be a beautiful future in right now uh, because we are going to go through the process of enlightening and the process of enlightening is when you turn a light in the middle of dark and when you do that the first thing on coming to light are the beetles <laughs> yeah okay. so um this is the process we are going through right now and uh it would be a hard time but this hard time is the process of getting again the strength we have to have we have to hold within ourselves in order to enlighten humanity. So I, I, I try to dare people to smile, to laugh, to love much more because um, um, only those who realize that this is not a war between bad and good, that this is only a process of learning. So this is like the test mm -hmm. we have. This is like the exam we have. Are we ready to evolve? Are we ready to, to go through all this process if we hold within the, the peace inside, not outside? We, we have to, to recognize uh, our strength within. And, and, and when you say to the universe, I am capable to do whatever, uh, so the universe says, oh, yes? So... Uh, let's try to fix it. <laughs> sure. So, uh, sure. Let's see if you yeah. can do something with this problem, right. if you if you are able to. Right. So that's why we are in the darkness time of humanity and and in our history, because we ask who we are and what are we capable of. Sure. So when we did that question, the universe gave us all the problems. <laughs> so. Uh, we are now trying to go through this, but nobody is going to come here to save us because this is a process we need to have a big learning and to become masters of this planet. Wow, wow. Well, Matthias, I'm so sorry, my friend. This half hour has gone so quickly. Um, but oh. <laughs> and, I, and I want to thank you so much. But what I'd like to do is do another segment with you in a few minutes, if that's okay. And, okay. and with, I'd like to just end this now, and then we'll start on another segment in a few minutes. But thank you so much for coming on my show today. This will be part one of two, Out of This World Television, with my good friend Matias uh, Gustavo Di Stefano, coming to us live from Argentina. And thank you so much again for coming on Out of This World Television today. Uh, Matthias, I really appreciate it. Please hold on. We'll do a second segment in just a minute. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that segment, my friends. There is a second second segment, which I'll be playing in the next uh, week or two. And uh, from 2016 to 2019, I used to have a television show. Um, anyway, I'll be playing those segments here soon. Next segment is one for um, 
for uh, raising money for clean water for the beautiful Hopi and Navajo Indians in Arizona. There's a big event happening this weekend, actually, um, uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow, today and tomorrow in Woodland, Washington. They have free food, free entertainment. Um, it just all they ask is a donation um, and all 100 percent of all monies collected go to clean water filters for the Hope, beautiful Hopi and Navajo uh, Indians so they can have clean drinking water. Uh, on the Hopi Reservation, men only live to um, uh, 44 years and women only live to 53 years because of the massive amounts of radiation and arsenic in the water there, drinking water there. But we're making a difference uh, and we're getting uh, these these uh, beautiful uh, Hopi water, uh, water filters so they can drink clean, fresh drinking water. And it's making a real difference in terms of their health. Anyway, this segment is with my good friend, Liam McLaughlin. It'll run for about 25 minutes long, and I'll come in right at the end to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting Out of This World Radio. It's a nonprofit listener-supported show, and if you'd like to support us, please go to my uh, BBS website or to www.outofthisworld1150.com. We really appreciate your, your help. Don, if we could play the last segment now, then I'll come on at the very end. Thanks so much, Don. Really appreciate your fantastic help. Hello, friends. This is Ted from Out of This World Radio, and I've got a fantastic guest on now named Leon McLaughlin. He's with the Washington, the Clean Water Foundation of Washington. And they're having, we are having, actually, I'm working with them, too, a fantastic water event in Woodenville um, on, um, let's see, it's on uh, Friday, uh, July 14th, Saturday, July 15th. And Sunday, July 16th. Uh, Leon, tell us all about the event that you're having. Yes, thank you, Ted, for having me on uh, your show. So we're having yes. a water, the children fundraiser music auction for the Hopi and Navajo Reservation and also Gambia, Africa. Um, it's going to be an unbelievable great event. It's going to be a ranch in Woodenville, and uh, we got a spectacular lineup of entertainers. We're going to have a Cirque du Soleil type ground performance. Um, we got some of the greatest entertainers in the Northwest that will be performing there all three days. It's going to be games. It's going to be a bonfire, hatchet throwing. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And we're just asking for donations. There's no ticket price. Come down, have some fun, bring your lawn chair. Um, Dick's Burgers will be sponsoring us on Saturday. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Bring your lawn chair, picnic basket, and listen to some unbelievable great entertainment. We have artists that will be selling artwork where a percentage would go to the Clean Water Foundation for Water for Children, mm -hmm. for the Hopi and Navajo Reservation, and also Gambia. Um, and like I said, it's going to be a fun event. We have um, water units that will be bringing more water units and replacement filters. This fundraiser will be for that. So far, we have enough uh, water units where 25,000 people on the Hopi and Navajo Reservation can now have clean, fresh drinking water. The issue with the Hopi and Navajo along with Gambia was the contaminated water that they have and now we're raising funds um, to help both uh, Gambia, Africa and the Hopi and Navajo Reservation in Arizona. Wow, what a beautiful project. Um, now, if people want more information about uh, this this project, 
I guess they can either email me at outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com or could you give out your um, your website and contact info, uh, Leon, please? Yeah. Yes, www.wa.wwwcleanwaterfoundationwa.org. So again, that's www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org. And the WA is for Washington. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, each unit that we're putting on the reservation along with, um, going to Gambia is $150. It could provide 50 people with clean, fresh drinking water. Uh, these units are not electrical, so you can gravity feed, use them for disaster relief or anywhere there's any dirty water. You can get a bucket of dirty water gravity feed through the unit and out comes clean water because we have a wow. special filter that takes out contaminants and viruses. Those units last for like 30 years, but you change the filter every 10,000 gallons of water. That dirty water is turned into clean water and you just change the filter and that's it. And each filter can provide water for 50 people, which is awesome. Wow, that's that is incredible. Tell us a little bit. We know about the Hopi. Um, you know, the Hopi, the reservation water is so bad. Uh, it's full of, of of radiation and arsenic that men only live to 44 years and women only live to 53, 54 years. Um, but this is I know is, is really helping make a big difference. And Navajo have the same issues because they're part of the same aquifer there. Um, tell us a little about Gambia. I have no, I have no knowledge about Gambia, but do they face the same kind of water situation there? Um, only thing, their water is just dirty water from the animals being in water, the people being in water, the waterborne um, diseases. So it's a lot better than the Hopi. We have a water sample. The Hopi got their water contaminated because of the mine. That's why right. we have special reverse osmosis, special filters. The Gambia water is just through having dirty water because they didn't have the mines. Uh-huh. And the reason we got into the Gambia thing, the Hopi was so nice to say, we'll share. And that's what kind of people they are. I mean, even though they're in this situation, they say, we'll share. So when Amer- uh, uh, airline ambassadors, Nancy Rivard came to us sure. and say, hey, you think you can make this fundraiser for not only the Hopi and Navajo, but for Gambia, because I'm doing a project over there okay. and we can help them out. And we right. talk to the Hopi and they say, yes, you can share um, this fundraiser for what you're doing for us to help the people out in Gambia um, get clean water. So that's just how nice they are, just like how they had originally um, got like 50 billion gallons of water taken from them from the mining companies that went in there. Um, Basically, if you use a 55 uh, gallon barrel drum and put water in, you can go to the moon. And if you stack those barrels up, you can go to the moon four times and back. So um, that's how much water was taken from them to um, use to from the mining companies the power um uh they did a pipeline for power for um los angeles and um uh nevada from that water that they took um from the hopi and navajo and it took them millions of years to even get that water because remember they live in the desert so imagine it took a million years to get this 55 billion gallons of water 
and it was drained in 40 years and they were told that only a couple thousand gallons of water was only going to be taken then on top of that when the uranium companies came in and contaminated their water so um, they had a really horrible situation out there they're desert farmers they lost all that water um, and now we're giving them special filters when we took the water samples that we designed mm -hmm. so it could take the uranium out of the water along with arsenic three arsenic five and a hundred other contaminants so that's the situation and we're putting those water units in homes and schools and clinics wow. um, they have a lot of homes with no running water that's why these water units can be gravity feeding um, water units can be gravity fed um, because yeah. of the le no electricity situation. And they're also building washing stations because they don't have any um, place to wash their hands um, or nothing of that nature. So we're building these washing stations, putting water units in every home, and that's what we're doing. And they're sharing the water. That's why um, now, you know, you're looking at one unit can provide 50 people so they can share that water amongst themselves. That is so wonderful. You know, I've always thought, Leon, that the basic nature of humans uh, is good, is to be loving, kind, acceptance, full of compassion, um, and that w wanting to help each other and service to others kind of thing. Not to be fighting, not to be um, putting, you know, not to be selfish, but, um, and, and that's, that's a beautiful attitude they have about sharing. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah. And that's them. I mean, you the first one that actually told me about them because um, I was on your talk show back in 2018. Right. And when I was on the show and I was like, yeah, we're in 40 different countries. And you asked, well, what are you doing in the United States? And I say, what do you mean? I mean, yeah. uh, shouldn't be no issue. And you say, yeah, this reservation, um, the Hopi and Navajo reservation in Arizona, they have this contaminated water with uranium. And I had no idea because basically in our countries, we just deal cleaning water with the dirty lake, dirty river, but no uranium and arsenic or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. So when COVID had hit, I talked to the manufacturers because they happened to be at home because remember, nobody could travel. So these guys normally travel around the world and I wouldn't even have a minute of time to talk to them. So we talked to these mm -hmm. scientists that the manufacturers was working with. And we actually mm -hmm. developed a special filter for the Hopi and Navajo during the COVID thing when we had them um, at home. And that's how the whole thing started. And now we've perfected this uranium filter that we're using along with the arsenic filter mm -hmm. that um, takes out contaminants and viruses when we put those units together along with reverse osmosis systems. that we mm -hmm. So we're putting a number of different um, units there, um, even solar units just depends on w how bad the water is contaminated, where some is the uranium arsenic, some is the arsenic five, arsenic three, some is all three. So um, it was amazing that we were on your show when you first uh, told us about it and that we got with them and they were so nice to talk to us because of you, Ted. And now we uh, started with the one unit, as you know, and now we've got enough units for over 25,000 people can share and have clean, fresh drinking water. But that's mm -hmm. how the whole thing started, was actually through you. Oh, well, thank you, Leon. I appreciate you saying that. I, you know, I think, I think water, to have clean water is a basic human right. And I'm glad that we're able to help them. I, I truly am. Um, and like I said, I think the basic nature of humanity is to be kind, loving, and helpful, and considerate, and compassionate, and to help each other 
not to be fighting, but this is the kind of um, this is the kind of effort that that uh, really speaks volumes about what the true nature of society is and how we've been able to help these people. That's <laughs> that's great. That's great. Leon. Yeah, it must have been meant to be for me to meet you because it wouldn't have never happened if I wouldn't have never been on your show and met you. And for us to be doing all these fundraisers, we're having a big fundraiser in Sedona, September the 16th and 17th. Um, some of the leaders from the tribe is going to be there. Vernon will be there. Ernest will be there to talk about uh, how water is a human right. Um, and that's what we're talking about now. Uh, we're actually um, putting together a proposal for the mining company to put a treatment plant there. Um, so um, we're talking to them. Um, to do that and we'll we'll update you on that but um yeah like i said this is basically your baby and what you have done to 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 have this thing go this far is just phenomenal and it wouldn't like i said it must have been meant for us to come on that show when i was on your show and you to connect us up and they were so nice to even talk to us because it's a lot of distrust and so imagine you were the buffer to say, hey, talk to these folks and let us try to help you, and and they did. So yeah, unbelievable, amazing. Well, I I have to thank uh, also thank Michiko Hayashi, the Emoto Peace Project, because she was Dr. Emoto's uh, assistant, and Dr. Emoto knew Vernon Masvayasva, and he knew other people too who connected this to people like um, uh, Ernest Tahoe. So. That was our end to the Hopi to help them out as well. Um, I don't know anybody in the Navajo reservation, but I'm sure that you've been able to get contacts now through the through the Hopi. We, we connected up with, with them because um, when we put the water units on the reservation, by them being surrounded by the Navajo reservation, we went into the different um, uh, borderline areas and put water in those homes too for the Navajo and Hopi. And when we did the thing with um, World Vision, um, Providence and Swedish Hospital, we were able to get them um, medical supplies and everything to the Navajo and the Hopi. So that's Mm -hmm. how we developed the relationship there by first putting water units right on the border in those towns. And then we'll just expand from there. And then when we teamed up um, with Providence and Swedish um, when the COVID had hit bad for them to bring in medical supplies with World Vision and Medline Trucking, um, that we brought all the medical supplies and PPE to them. So um, that's how we connected up with the Navajo. So we had meetings with their leaders also, which was awesome. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Now let's say a, a Navajo or a Hopi family get get a water unit. How long does the unit last for, and how long do the filters last for? What kind of upkeep and maintenance is there to? Well, get new well, well, a good part is that you only need a sixth grade education to okay. install a unit because we design the units like Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, so you only need a sixth grade education to actually do the installation. The unit can be reused for disaster relief or everyday use. There's no electricity, so you're just looking at PSI. When there's no PSI, because in some of the homes they have no running water, you get a bucket of water and you gravity feed. And so that unit will last for 30 years. You change the filter after 10,000 gallons of water has been used. So Mm -hmm. every 10,000 gallons of water, you change the filter. The filter normally would cost like $250. We're getting the filter for $50. Oh, that's reasonable. Because the manufacturer is working with us. And it's a special filter 
that takes out contaminants and viruses and work like a UV light. So imagine you had a special filter that's actually working like a UV light where you would normally have to have the UV light and a filter. This is a filter that actually takes out contaminants and viruses through one filter. Then depending on the water, if you need two filters, if it's heavily um, contaminated with uranium, then we got a two filter group. But you're looking at $150. The units normally cost 600. The manufacturer got involved giving it to us for $150. And the filters, replacement filters for 50 bucks that would normally cost us $250 because wow. it's a special filter. So we're really pleased that all the manufacturers got involved to join us to give us that kind of a discount because they felt passionate. And, you know, we're a 501c3 nonprofit, so they get a tax write-off also. And they were glad to be able to help us to do something like this. Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, with everything, inflation and everything going up for them to keep that price the same for all those years since 2018. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. wow. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. pretty cool. Right. right, yeah, that's their own contribution to the, to the to, you know. That was the, their contribution. Oh, Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Right. Beautiful. That's great. That's great. Um, have you re had requests from other Indian tribes in the United States or Canada or Mexico for help? Um, well, we did the um, Blackfeet tribe um, oh, okay. in Montana. Okay. So we actually did um, units with the Blackfeet actually a year ago today. We put a bunch of water units um, in the, and they actually came down from Montana to Seattle and picked the units up. We did a big photo shoot. Um, we talked to the Hopi about that and they were pleased. And so, yeah, we've um, uh, did water projects uh, with the Blackfeet uh, in Montana. And their situation was almost the same as the Hopi, but mm -hmm. it was from the illuminating companies that polluted their water oh, compared see. to the mining companies that hit the Hopi um, in Arizona. I see. Okay. Okay. Tell me this, Leon. Have uh, Blackfeet have a tribe? They have another part of their tribe in Canada, don't they? Were you able to get They're into Canada? They're connected to them. I see. We okay. got in through the Blackfeet in Montana because um, they the, they're the one that had the connection. Um, and they're right there, just like you said, um, on the border from Montana. So we actually... Um, connected up with the ones from Montana, and then they were to uh, uh, talk to the ones in Canada mm -hmm. from the Montana Blackfeet tribe because mm -hmm. they have free access um, to go back and forth because of that connection. Yep. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic. You mind if I say this on the air? But you know, for, if there are other others uh, within uh, North America or anywhere worldwide that needs help with w water issues. Please write Leon or I, and we'll see what we can do to help you out. My phone, my email is out of this world, eleven fifty at gmail dot com, and um, uh, would love to hear from you, where, no matter where you are uh, on the planet. So, yeah, and any musicians, any um, technical folks, we need all the help we can get. And as you know, my website is www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org. 
contact us for like anybody that would like to volunteer to 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 sing like we're doing now we give them a tax right off any uh uh technicians any anyone that would like in any kind of fashion um we need all the help working together works right exactly exactly um briefly we've got a few minutes left leon how did you get started in this tell, tell us the story how you got started in mexico i think that's an interesting well, yeah well i actually got started i was in mexico traveling and i um, was noticing these barrels on the roofs so mm -hmm. i talked to this lady in Mexico and I was asking her, what are these barrels on the roofs? And she said, those are water barrels. We actually collect water because we can't afford to pay for the water from the water trucks. Mm -hmm. And I actually store my water um, in my bathtub. And one day she was having a gathering and a tourist was at her gathering and asked to use the restroom. And when he went to the bathroom, he seen the water in the bathtub and thinking he was doing her a favor, he drained it right. and came out and told her that he had drained her water out of the bathtub and she oh started God. crying saying that was her water for the month. Oh so God. then I was like, I wonder if you can design like a mobile solar cart because I used mm -hmm. to have coffee carts in Canada mm -hmm. and I was wondering if you could put a, a cart like a water cart so sure. i went to school and online at the university of sacramento for water distribution repair and maintenance mm -hmm. got a degree um did it online and then with the professors and some of the folks that i was connected in the water business from the city of seattle the water department of the county we actually designed a mobile water cart um yeah. from the, the professors in the schools and we put our first water cart that we designed mm -hmm. um in bolivia with world vision uh they had a katrina situation at that time oh, they okay. liked the water cart so i originally started out in disaster and relief and so from that solar water cart that we had designed and gave to world vision um they were like wow this water was cleaner than the water that they were drinking before the disaster and they started using wow. it for everyday use wow. and then world vision ordered eight more carts because they were mobile for peru chile and to move them throughout if it's an earthquake in peru they can move that mobile water cart sure. um for disaster relief. So that's how we um, actually started out. And now we're in over 40 different countries. That is fantastic. I love that kind of, of success story, Leon. That's so good to hear. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. Yeah, yeah, that's well, how it started. Absolutely. Well, I just want to tell people that if you are in the Seattle area, what Woodenville is what, 20, 25 minutes? Um, Beyond. It's about 15 minutes from um, Kirkland. Yeah, 20 to 25 from Seattle. It's about 20 minutes away, 25 from Seattle. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. Great. And it's going to be a blast. Great music. Like I say, we got an unbelievable lineup. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun and free. And uh, bring your lawn chair, your picnic basket, and come on out and hang out with us and enjoy some great music. And that was nice for those folks to donate the ranch along with our event in Sedona, Arizona with Martha um, on September the 16th and 17th. Another great lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun.
Oh, great, great. What are the hours for the event in the Seattle area? Start at nine to um, nine or six? Uh, no, it's six to eight. So it'll be six p.m. to eight every and Sunday one to four. Oh, okay, six p.m. to eight. Uh, Friday mm-hmm. on Friday and Saturday. Okay, and then on Sunday it's one p.m. to four p.m. Okay, and you've got um, on your website you've got complete information about the event. Is that right? Yep, got the whole okay. thing out there. Yep, okay. we're on social media, the website, the whole works. Okay, great, great, great. Well, so Leon, come on out, have some fun, listen to some great entertainers. We got some of the best in the Northwest, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Fantastic, Leon. As always, it's always fun to have you on your sh- on my show and thank you so much for all your fantastic work in making this world a better place and i urge everyone if you're in the seattle area or even spokane if you don't mind driving woodenville is about what 20 25 minutes um, east of seattle is that right on i-90 yep. okay yep. easy yep. to That's find it. 20 minutes away easy to find it's all it's all there um when you look we got big flyers up the posters is out in social media um it's going to be a lot of fun Okay, great, Leon. Great. And for more information, they can go to your website at www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Great. Or they can email me, Ted Mar, uh, sorry, uh, out of this world, 1150 at gmail.com, and I'll send you the information too. So. Yep. All right, Leon. Well, thanks so much for coming on my show today. It's always fantastic to uh, to talk to you and keep up your good work, my friend. I, I love your work and uh, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you, Ted. And like I said, it wouldn't have never happened on this Hopi and Navajo Reservation Water Project without you. So we're definitely dedicated and I'm honored that you connected me up with the tribe and we're doing some great things. Fantastic, Leon. That's wonderful. All right, my friend, we'll keep up your good work, and I hope everyone can make it out to Woodville this weekend. Thanks so much, Leon. All right. All right, my friend. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. I hope you enjoyed that uh, that segment. Um, that's a fundraiser for, uh, for the Hopi Indians. Uh, we've been able to raise quite a bit of money since 2018 when we started this project. And I especially want to thank, thank Teresa out of, Ohio, uh, out of Idaho, who gave us our first contribution of about $30,000, $35,000, which really helped kickstart this, this project up. Um, uh, we haven't, it's all been private donations. 100% of all monies collected go right to the um, getting clean water filters for both the Hopi and Navajo. So it's really a, a labor of love for both of us. For more information on how you can get clean water for the Hopi, please send me an email to outofthisworld1150 at gmail.com or to outofthisworldradio at protonmail.com. Either one is is fine. I really enjoyed um, Wayne Allen Root today. He's had a lot to to talk about, and he's a true patriot as well. We don't have control of our voting systems. We can't elect who we want to in this country. We basically lost our government to the deep state. So I think he's mentioned certainly an important issue, as Albert Einstein has told me, my friend on the other side. You know, if you uh, insanity is defined as is something as if you do it over and over again and expect a different result, um, that's certainly insane, isn't it? <laughs> so people are expecting different results um, next year. Um, I think we really need to push for getting new voting systems, which are fair and free. 
Uh, in Montana, for example, they've outlawed electronic voting now. It's all paper ballots with IDs, and that's what we need to do for the, for the entire country. Out of This World is a red, uh, non-profit listener-supported show, and your support's really appreciated. If you'd like to support us, please go to the BBS website or to my website at www.outofthisworld1150.com. I also do um, psychic readings. I've been uh, in touch with the other side for about 30 years, and um, I also have a spiritual mentoring class class as well. I hope everyone has a fantastic and wonderful weekend, and I can't wait to see you again a week from today, my friends. I broadcast every week on Saturdays uh, on BBS Radio from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time, and again every other Monday on Radio Soul International in German and in English from Vienna, Austria. Which much love to everyone listening today. Thank you so much for listening and supporting my show. I know if we all work together, we can and will create a much better and happier place. Bye-bye, everyone. I hope you have a beautiful day. And for more information about my mentoring program or psychic readings, please go to my website at www.outofthisworldreadings.com and you'll find more information there. Thank you so much again for listening, everyone. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.